What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program one of the best 120 kilo lifters in the world and of all time. World champion, national champion Dennis Cornelius joined me in what was a very, very fun interview. Disclaimer, we had some audio issues at the beginning, like the first 10 minutes is a little choppy. We changed formats, we went from Zoom onto the phone, so there's going to be a little difference in volume. I apologize for that. We're accepting donations for Two White Lights uh, to improve the audio equipment and hopefully get us into a studio very soon. But that was going on. We fixed it up, and it was still a very fun interview with Dennis. Uh, we got to shoot in the shit. We got into a great conversation. Talked about his Raw Nationals performance, how it wasn't the meat he wanted. He said it was the worst meat of his life. And we got into a really good conversation from there about how he's going to challenge himself in the future. He dominates his weight class. Uh, based on this Nationals, other Nationals, he dominates it. Talked about just how a guy like him is going to challenge himself. Potential change of weight class, uh, you know, different federations. He has done that past before, different meets. We, of course, segue that into the formula discussion. He has been pretty vocal about his disdain for good lift points and all the other formulas. And really good back-and-forth conversation because uh, there's a lot of points I disagreed with him on, but there's a lot of points where I understand the logic behind it. Uh, so we talk a lot about that. Um, we go also into some IPF and USAPL talks. Uh, we just kind of share ideas where we see the future of the sport going. We discuss also different federations. Uh, he's a guy who competes in the USPA and really enjoys competing in that federation. So we talk about that. Uh, it was just a really, really fun interview. Uh, but like I say, whenever it turns into a conversation where two lifters shoot the shit, I'm happy and I know the listeners are happy as well. So thank you, Dennis, coming on program. Hopefully I can have him on again sometime. But before we get into this interview, got to talk to you guys about Left Floor Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftfloorbros.com. Follow them on Instagram to check out the merchandise because they have the best looking powerlifting merchandise in the sport and i'm not exaggerating every single design every single graphic they come out with is so good looking it's so fresh it's so dope again i hate using that word as a 28 year old but i'm gonna use it because that's the only word i could use to describe it they look great they come out with new designs they stay up to date they try to see what people like to make sure they look good in the platform in the gym outside of the gym they got you covered they're coming out with new Texas Summer Open design t-shirts too. They look fantastic. I love how those look. I mean, everything they release, I love. And really, so do the people who buy Leflar Bros merchandise. So what you're going to do is get some Leflar Bros merchandise. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Also, on leftlarbros.com, they have two white lights merchandise as well. So if you're a fan of two white lights, which you definitely are because you're listening to the intro right now, if you're a fan of two white lights, Get some of our t-shirt designs, our dad hats, our banners. You can get that all on leftlerbros.com. You can get the same promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Also, go to rivalnutrition.net and get yourself some Rival Nutrition. Use promo code ANGELO20 to save yourself some money on some informed choice supplements, pre-workout, branched amino acids, protein powders, Informed choice is the way to go. We have a lot of listeners who are USAPL competitors, so you want to make sure your supplements don't have any banned substances in them. Use promo code ANGELO20 to get yourself some informed choice rival supplements. Also, 
go to lift.net and get yourself into some stoic gear. Stoic gear has the best powerlifting gear equipment in the sport right now. I wear it in the gym on the platform as well. And the only reason why it's the best. The knee sleeves have been getting great reviews recently. People love, love, love the knee sleeves. People love the singlets. People love the wrist wraps. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money. It's affordable. It's even more affordable when you use that discount code ANGELO10. Also, be on a lookout. There's potential new colorways and more uh, gear dropping from the Stoic. So get on that, lift.net, get yourself some Stoic gear. Also, make sure you are going to Notorious Lift Instagram page and the website and check out some no-slip drip deadlift slippers, the best deadlift slippers on the market. They are coming out with new colorways and designs that look amazing. They have like this heritage design that's going on too that's fantastic. I've been seeing a lot of those. Uh, there's a collab coming uh, with a lot of lifters. I am an athlete as well, so I'm going to try to get some uh, a collab going notorious lift on that. And... All the designs, all the drops you're going to have, you can use promo code ANG, A-N-G, 15 to save yourself some money. That is confirmed. ANG, 15 to save yourself some money on Notorious Lift Slippers, the best deadlift slippers on the market because they help you deadlift and they make you look good doing it. And that's that's pretty much all of it right there. You want to deadlift well, but also you want to look good doing it. That's really important. You want to look good for those pictures. You want to look good for the live stream. Notorious Lift deadlift slippers are the best looking, best performance deadlift slippers in powerlifting. Also, we're available on Spotify. We're available on pod, Apple Podcasts. We have the website as well. Subscribe to all of them so you are up to date on what episodes are dropping, when they are dropping. You get up to date notifications on when we do drop a podcast, when you subscribe. Also, on Apple Podcasts, those five-star ratings and those reviews do help. I thank you, everyone that has left a five-star rating and review. I really appreciate it. Two White Lights appreciate it well, and those do help. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. And as promised, I got with me arguably the greatest 120 kilo lifter in USAPL history, the defending national champion in the 120 kilo weight class. He has that title many times over. I got with me a man I want on the podcast for a long time, Dennis Cornelius. How are you, man? Good, man. How you doing? Not bad. How are you feeling after nationals? Uh, actually, really good now. Um, I was beat up a little bit after, just right after, and, and I'd injured my, my back. Um, I actually did some active uh, rehabs, but I don't normally do. And uh, I actually kind of feel like I'm on the mend. Nice. Uh, better than I have in months, a lot of months, a couple of years, actually. I hope so, man. I need to, I need it to happen in the right federation, you know. Well, you 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 said you're feeling a little bit uh, banged up in nationals. I think during nationals, you were it was it was clear that some of your attempts weren't 
or it was it was clear that maybe there was something going on there. So just walk me through your Nationals performance because um, it was still a great meet that won you one twenty kilos. But I like from my understanding, it wasn't quite the meet you were wanting. Yeah, it's probably the worst meet I ever had. Um, I what happened? I hurt. I tweaked my back two weeks out. Um, everything was going pretty good. Uh, my squats are feeling a little weak, but but I felt held my deadlifts and my bench and uh, two weeks out I tweaked my back and then uh, on my second attempt squat at the meet I had I tweaked it again and uh, when I tweaked it I rushed the rack command and uh, that's why I got the red light in proper everything but I rushed the rack command and uh, tried to rack it too soon they red lighted it and then I hit it again. I had to hit it again and uh, successful on my third attempt. And then it affected the rest of the meat. So, so my bed and my deadlift was affected. So my deadlift was really bad. So uh, that was kind of the, <clears throat> So, yeah, it was. it's frustrating. Yeah, I – so after the squat, what was the strategy? Just, like, find a total that was going to get you first place? and Or was there just still – was there attempts that you had still in mind there? Because I think you're in a unique situation where your total is typically going to be good for first place in 120s uh, by a considerable margin. So was that just the mindset going forward? Is like, let's just put together some lifts that we can hit so I can go and uh, take first place again. Well, after, yeah, so after the squads were finished, I was, it, it, you know, I was pretty, I was in my head a lot, you know, what the hell, you know, what the hell happened? What's going on? And um, I kind of say, you know, I basically have to suck it up and like, look, I've got to get through this meet, and I've got to, you know, I've got to beat the rest of the field. So um, after the squats were over, I got through the bench. After the bench, I was kind of, you know, uh, motivation just to get through the meet was was basically the only motivation it was just to get through the meet. So um, I. Uh, Got through the deadlifts. I had to drop my opener by, I think, 30 or 40 kilos um, just to make sure that I got it in. Because I could tell, you know, as soon as the weight got, you know, a little over 400 pounds, I could feel my back. I had a problem bending down to pick the weight up. My back kind of just seized up a little bit. And I had some major stiffness. And, uh, so it was just hard to get, uh, hard to get down and, and, and uh, Get, get the weight off the floor. So, I, you know, I told uh, Susie, I was like, man, I've got to, I've got to drop this opener. And, and uh, so we dropped it uh, 30 or 40 kilos. You know, we just made sure we stayed ahead of the field and finished up. You know, it, it basically, you know, I had to get to the third deadlift to make sure that nobody's going to pass me up. You know? So yeah. I lucked out, basically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and well it was painful. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and um, also, I mean, you have that going. You have such a big lead on the 120s. So then, you know, you have this meet. There's some injuries going on, and it was quite evident that it was there. So what's the, what's the next goal then? Is it – because I think uh, as far as meets go, IPF Worlds is probably the next step. But I I don't know if, you, if you've heard anything. If, is that, you know, is that what you're prepping for right now or – Basically, I'm trying to get myself ready for it in case it happens. Okay. Um, 
when the meat was when the meat finished up, I was so damn you know it, when you're you, when you're a person that's used to totally twenty. I mean, you, you know, I lost 200 pounds off of me. I'm like, am I done with this shit? Is it over? You know, I mean, it's, it's it was frustrating, man, to say the least. And, uh, you know, you know I, I was like, basically, man, I got I to, gotta, like, put this on. You know, I need to take a break from this for a while. And, and uh, you know, we, you, a, lot of, a lot of shit goes through your head when you're, <clears throat> when you're frustrated like that. You're kind of, it, it's almost panic. It's almost like a panicky feeling, you know, and, and uh um, when it was over, you know, I was basically, man, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck do I do this shit for? <laughs> and, uh, you know, once the dust settled, smoke cleared and all that shit, it, you know, I was like, you know, I just need to, I need to figure out how to, I need to get healed up, calm down, get healed up and just take it slow and get back into training and, you know, because I do have the win, I do have the slot to go to Worlds if we go, and uh, you know, if it, if it happens, and it happens, if it doesn't, it's not it's not being the world for me. There's other meetings, you know. I've been to Worlds twice, and it's you know, it, you know, it, it kind of sucks. Is Sweden this year? Be, you know, we don't, you know, we don't mind going. And, you know, if it was in Belarus, I wouldn't give a shit at all. But, back to the it's like kind of nice to go there but uh but yeah i mean after the you know after it was over i just kind of like <clears throat> went down to the damn bar and drank my sorrows away and, <laughs> and uh <laughs> came back home and said you know what i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna get my back healed up and i'm gonna fucking put on a total i know i'm capable of doing you know so that's what i'm trying to work towards now yeah, man, that's always a good thing about powerlifting meets. If you do well, you get to drink, and then if you don't do well, you get to at least drain your sorrows after the meet. That's always my strategy. <laughs> All right, we had some technical difficulties, but I think these audio issues are figured out, and it was just when we were talking about drinking our sorrows away and celebrating by drinking. It's a double-edged sword in powerlifting. <laughs> drinking, you know, celebrating drinking is a lot more fun than sorrow drinking. Yeah, yeah. They both help, though. You know, like uh, no matter what, some alcohol yeah. is going to be served. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, looking ahead to IPF Worlds, I mean, we don't know at this point if it does happen. Uh, I don't know if any news is going to break between when we're recording on Friday to uh, when this episode drops on Monday. Is there a total that you want to hit within that competition, or is it just something you're going to take, going to try your best to take the W? And walk away with it, and then kind of build your total from there. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd like to hit a thousand kilos. I mean, that's it's never been done at one twenty, so I'd like to do that. You know, I've, I've hit I've hit a thousand kilos six or seven times now, but I've never done it at one twenty. So, you know, it's kind of bugging the shit out of me. So, so I really, you know, I feel like I need to. Um, I was hoping to do that at nationals and not. Yeah, well, I mean that's a, that's a, that would be a huge milestone. But going back into your competition history, you've uh, dominated the 120 class. But one thing that I've always wanted to ask you in particular: Do you ever feel like you're being either this this underrated because you have these meets that really can be the most impressive feat of strength at Raw Nationals, but it doesn't seem like 
you get the same recognition as a lot of other lifters. I, I guess, I mean, I think it's only been kind of recently that, that I've kind of, this, this has kind of been a, it's not really an issue. It's just because I haven't really performed that well since I came back to the USAPL. Um, I've competed as a, as a 120 and I, you know, I had a major injury back in 2018 that's carried over, um, to the latter part of 2019. So, um, so the fact that that was over, it's, I kind of expected, you know what I mean? Um, and also I'm not, a, you know, a lot of these guys are social media stars. They're not just powerlifters or social media stars. And, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm just a powerlifter. <laughs> so, um, I think a lot of the hype um, comes from uh, comes from that, and, and uh, not just the fact that I'm a power lifter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, because we even did that with the Mark Madness. Like, continue, continue. Oh, so so you know, I mean, King of the List, for instance. You know, they hype a lot. Of, uh, they hype a lot of matchups and stuff. There's not been a whole lot of matchups in my weight class. And not only that, but, but he, the guy that does King of the Lifts, he, he's he's more interested in the seventy, the seventy and eighty kilo guys because that's his weight class. So so it makes sense that, that he's kind of more interested in that, and he hypes that up a lot more than, than any other weight class. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. Um. So so that's kind of the source of a lot of that 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 sort of stuff. Yeah. For and I, it's expect you know I just kind of expected it. Yeah, for sure. But also, like, we on the March Madness thing that we did on Two White Lights, me and uh, my co-host, Steve Denobi, we always talked about, like, in 2019, actually. In 2019, that's when I think your performance wasn't talked about enough because you had a total that I believe was better than Ray Williams. And it was just kind of swept under the rug. And, you know, it was a 7-for-9 meet, but it was still yeah. a really impressive total, 947. And that, to me was that kind of sign that if you don't have the competition within your weight class or you don't get the same social media hype, which we bought up on Two White Lights, uh, March Madness thing, we're talking about matchups here, we were like, he gets lost because uh, such a weird aspect of the sport now is like how active you are on social media, which is odd, it's funny, but it's just it's how the sport is right now. But that, I thought, was swept under the rug a bit, and then it's not like you came out of nowhere. You've been doing this for such a long time. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's an interesting thing. But I, I, I got to ask, how, how do you stay motivated then? Because in your weight class, you're such a clear favorite to win, and it's so difficult when someone's not pushing you. So how do you just try to stay motivated? Is it because you want to hit a certain total, or what, what keeps you going? Well, kind of, you know, the thing of it is, is I, I'm losing motivation a lot. So it, it, um, it's funny you ask that because I am actually, you know, it, it's like I want to change directions and, and, and do something, either something different or I, I want to move up to super heavyweight or, or something. You know, I, I realize something's got to change um, because, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's, there's, um, there are guys that are starting to kind of come up in, in the, on the world stage, but it's like, I'm kind of over this. I'm a little bit over this weight class, I guess, you know, and, and competing in it. Um, you know, you, you win worlds, you win nationals, you win 
the worlds of one world twice and it's like you know i get to a point where i'm like why do i keep why am i still doing this i need to find a new challenge you know and um, um the problem is is that i'm such a you know if i move up to super heavyweight i'm such i've got such a long um there's such a big gap weight between me and the second and first place guys you know the the, the top the top ranked guys and there it's gonna take me a long time to try to catch up to them and i'm and i'm 42 years old now so it's like do i do that do, do i change directions and do something completely different like, like go back to uh, jiu-jitsu and do that <laughs> um i don't know uh, but yeah i mean you kind of you, you kind of bring up a point I, I kind of you know i'm getting a little bit burnt out of, of competing in the 120s so it's you know i i told people after this meet was over i'm so i'm, I'm fucking tired of cutting weight man because it's like killing I'm, I'm getting too old to do it and it's like killing my performance mm-hmm. you know I, I don't feel like i'm too old to to put on a massive performance but i just don't think i can i don't know that i can do it at 120 anymore you know it's like um you know, last last summer, you know, I was hitting seven fifty for seven seven, and it was easy. You know, and 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 I, I got up to about two hundred eighty pounds, and I could have kept growing. And I realized at some point I've got to like start kind of cutting back and get my weight back under control because I get back into the one twenties. And but uh, you know, I, I find a lot of joy just in training and getting strong. And if that means I have to put on weight to do that it's it's actually more fun to me you know when i I cut a bunch of weight to get down to the 120s the last probably month and a half to two months out my squats tanked and it it makes me feel like i want to it basically i want to do something else like this is not fun when i have to lose all this weight lose all this strength and and uh weigh down like it did the last few weeks you know and if, if you go back and look at my training my squat training what I'm capable of. You know, when you go from squatting 805 for a set of five at, at a body weight of 280 to struggling to get to depth for 715 <laughs> for a set of five, it's like something, something's wrong. Like, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I what think. I have is what I trust. Yeah, I, I think, though, it's. it's I think the cliche, the cliche answer would be. You know, oh, this is my weight class. I'm going to stick with it because there's still a lot more to do. But you're, I mean, you're saying you're actively talking about moving up, but you are right. It's such a weird situation to be in because it's almost it's it's almost similar to me, like 84 for females and 84 plus for females. Because if you're 84 and then if you decide to switch to 84 plus, you're talking about a massive gap in weight. You're talking about like fluctuations of hundreds of pounds that you have to deal with and you have to take the hit of being less competitive but also just enjoying the sport a little bit more which is a situation that you're in and yeah it's it's kind of crazy but at the same time it's like you are dominating a single weight class so you are in a very strange predicament so like when you left the USAPL because I know you did uh the Kern and you were competing with um you were competing, you know, in other federations. Was that the motivation why you went out of the USAP on the first place, or was there another incentive there, like uh, some of those big money meets that are happening uh, throughout the untested feds? Yeah, it wasn't just. It wasn't 
with the money. It was more of the competition. So when I left, the, when I left uh, USAPL in the current, it, it, it was really fun. It was a fun training. That was a really fun training experience because um, I, 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 I went up to the 308 weight class. I could have easily made the 275 weight class. But the 308s were was really competitive, and there was some there was a lot of popularity. Larry Wills was in that weight class, and there was a lot of popularity. And you know, I was like, I, you know, I was like, I'm going to go uh, compete against um, com- compete in that weight class because you know you had Rob Phillips in there that you know I was like, if if uh, you know I could possibly out squat him, we've got the all time squat record at 308, and then Larry Wills against him and. Uh, thought that would be fun and uh it was just it was a lot of motivation and, and um I, I still felt like i had a lot of hype a little bit of hype behind me to to go in and do it you know mm-hmm. and um does that answer your question yeah for sure because that was yeah, yeah that was that i i there's something i like just thought about was always thought about with you because you don't know why people do certain things until you talk to them, right? Because uh, just reeled in because of the money, the potential money that they could win by either winning the weight class or best overall lifter. But in your sense, it's competition, and I still think that might be one of the things that are contributing now is if you feel burned out a certain weight class, you go elsewhere to look for competition, but like the only way to look is in the untested federation, and that's fucking hard to do. Like, it's so hard to go yeah, and dude. compete against those guys knowing that, you know, I, you have to you have to be on something in order to stick with them because that's why there's a separation between the federations. There's, I mean, if there wasn't, yeah. if it wasn't a massive jump in performance, then, of course, we would have probably have one federation with a set of rules. But that's not the case. So that's a difficult thing. But also, within even in within your federation, it's a difficult thing just to move up a weight class because... It's it's almost it's almost another uneven playing field. It's the super heavies are just like I always I always think it's like a different life. Right. It's a different sport with the super heavies. When I talk to Jesus Oliveras and what he does yeah. for his diet, and when I see super heavies and what they do for their diet, I'm like, what? I, I I can't fathom it. It's like such a different sport that they have to do. It's completely different, obviously, from my weight class. But even the difference between 120 and 120 plus is a big difference. Yes. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and it is frustrating, you know. It, that's kind of something I'm grappling with. I was thinking about that on the home. I was like, man, I'm grappling. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in between. I don't know what the fuck I want to do, you know. Get 70 pounds to be somewhat competitive against the top two guys, or I stay in the 120s and just be fucking bored, you know. It's like... And it's not, a, it's not, I'm not knocking the guys in the 120s, but I've already been there. I've done that. I've won, you know, it, you know, I've done, done the thing. I just feel like I've grown out of the weight class. You know, I, I after nationals, it kind of made me think that rethink everything. It's like, man, I, I think I'm just fucking outgrown this weight class. And, and, you know, I need to, <clears throat> I've moved on once before. Maybe I need to like officially move on and, and, you know, bear the hatchet and, and, uh, move on and that was kind of you know it's kind of one of the it's kind of a gripe i have about the lack of weight classes in in the u.s apl there's just not you know there's you know i think there should be something between the supers and or actually i don't even think there 
I think that they need to move the 105s up to 109 if they're going to make match weightlifting, which is honestly I thought was kind of fucking stupid anyway. But if they're going to match weightlifting, move the 105s up to 109 and move the 120s up to 130, you know, then then you know it, it'd be more impressive that way because the guys are they're all they all need to move up. You know, everybody's cutting 20 pounds to get into the 120s, and 20 pounds for me is a massive difference in total. You know, um, I'll add 100 150 pounds to my total if i if i could move up to 130 kilos <laughs> yeah you know it is an interesting point that you bring up though because i mean i guess i guess i'm ignorant when it comes to the heavier weight classes because it's so far away from me but that's that was actually proposed for the female weight classes and and uh at the national board meeting was they were going to add a they were suggesting adding a uh weight class above 84 to I think it was 90. I could be wrong about this, but it was 90, but then it would be 90 plus for the females because for the female side, cause that's where this is actually where I'm thinking for the females in 84s. If you're not 84 and if, if you're just a little like three or four kilos above 84, that's a hard weight cut to still make just to be 84. But then if you go 84 plus yeah. and stay in that weight class, you're, you're potentially at only 88 kilos. You're potentially getting blown away by you know uh these lifters who are just way heavier like they're they're winning gonna they're gonna be winning based on body weight i mean what they can handle with the body weight and yeah. i think a lot of that time is super heavyweight because if you look at you you're a big dude but you're not ray williams big <laughs> like you're not jesus Oliveira's big you could tell there's a difference between your weight class right. but that's still a really hard cut you have to make but even if you don't make that cut you're still not a super heavyweight it's, it's great. It's it's really it, it is like almost a yeah. completely different sport for me. But kudos to you because you still actually have a super heavyweight total that's that's relatively competitive. Yeah, I mean right now it's it's you know third in the nation. So if I um when I hit when I hit a thousand kilos at at one thirty, you know I wasn't really that disciplined like I am now. Like you know I, I think maybe I could hit you know, 2250 or, or maybe a little more at 285. If I, you know, keep, you know, if I could just train into it and, and eat a little better than what I used to two or three, four years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if Jesus has a bad, if he has a bad meat, you know, I'm right there, you know, or Ray, if he, you know, even if Ray has a bad meat, you know, like you'd had, um, you know, I'm right there. So it, I mean, the the thought of maybe uh, um, at least podium in, in the supers, and this is brings up another problem for me. Is like, you know, right now third place means absolutely fucking nothing. It means nothing. You might as well get last mm. to get third place. So in my mind, third place needs to mean something. There's got to be some incentive for for you know um, us to train because I think there's some potential for for some hype there if you know for the super heavy weights and just getting you know there's just something to me there's something fun to me about getting big and fucking strong there's like to me powerlifting is about the biggest fucking total in the, in the world and, and being the, the biggest baddest guy in the field you know what I mean like oh, yeah. that's to me that's what powerlifting is and <clears throat> you know if if I went to, to Raw Nationals in 2022 20, and I, I go super heavyweight and, 
you know, there's four or five guys that are totally over a thousand kilos, and I and I get third place to Jesus and and Ray, or even second place, you know, to, you know, or even fucking podium, something happens. It, I mean, a first place. I mean, then to me, that's like that's more, way more prestigious than than winning another one twenty title. You know, third place at super heavyweight to me is way more prestigious than than uh, than, than a one twenty another one twenty title. I think. You know. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. No, I completely agree with you because I think everything needs a push for it to gain popularity because the super heavyweights even this year the piss was taken out of it because Ray gets COVID. And that was, and then people are like, okay, well, we're just going to pretty much watch the Jesus Oliveira show. Um, there's other super heavyweights that, that like just weren't able to go. I think uh, Davian got injured. Uh, Derek Dowry is another great super heavyweight, but I think he was battling some injuries going into the meet as well. Um, but all it takes yeah. is just, I mean, it's unfortunate things, but it's like all it takes is some of those pushes because if you get that push and then if you add yourself into the mix there, then people are watching the super heavies the 120 kind of clears up a little bit because like okay now let's see who wins the 120s because we got this guy out he's up at super heavyweights now there's a battle going on and then the super heavies kind of get some because i mean I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie with you if i hear jesus Oliveras, ray williams dennis cornelis Derek dowry are competing all at once i'm hyped for it yeah, dude. I think that's like I think that would be a badass meet. I think it would be the the show, honestly. You know, because not only is it a show between like podium placings, but it's the the biggest fucking guys in the world. You know, like the dudes in the world, the strongest drug tested dudes in the world. That they're all going at it. You know, yeah. that that to me is like should should be like uh, the idea behind big dogs and stuff like that. You know, where there's take the spot, you know, I mean, I know those guys are all on drugs and shit and they're wearing knee wraps and have a model list, but you should, I think you're going to have 1,100 pound total to even get on the podium. Yeah. And to me, to me, at Raw Nationals, you, you should be, you know, you know, with, with the way, uh, you know, with the drug testing and, and the strictness of, of the USAPL, it should be a, a middle of 2,100 to get, at least get on the, it for fifth place, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and third place means something, you know. Yeah. You get paid for it, or you know that that's what I think. I think you know. I mean, I think let, let's pretend like for a minute. <clears throat> I go in there. I told him twenty two fifty three or something, and, and Jesus totals um, uh, twenty four twenty three ninety six, and then yeah, fucking Ray total twenty five hundred. We should. I, I think we should get paid for it. You know. I mean that. Because nobody else can do that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. The thing is, like, I think right now, <laughs> unfortunately for us, I said, I said on Two White Lights before, I think we're at the, uh, we're at the, like, we're at the root stage of powerlifting. You know, like, I think we're at this point of powerlifting where we are going to be the people that kind of propel payment or uh, big spectator meets in the future, but we're not going to reap the full advantage of it because we have been seeing it more, um, within the USAPL where people are more active in trying to pay out lifters with trying to make it or trying to incentivize being great in a weight class. 
But right now, the only way you could pay lifters out is for the meets like the Virginia Pro Open, where you pay, you you pay for you uh, have a payouts for the top four lifters, and they have to be the best overall, just so you can get a really crazy uh, competitive playing uh, field. Where I personally want to see every weight class get a payout. That's that for me. That's like my dream of the sport because there's a reason why there's weight classes. There's weight classes, so we have a fair competition between each other. Because when you go based on formula, even though there's some formulas that I can understand, but if you're going always based on formula, where I think people are suggesting we go, which I don't, I think there's a time and place for it. Like the Virginia Pro Open or Virginia Pro Invitational, I like the idea there. But the, the, I think the true pinnacle of the sport is paying out lifters within the weight class because that's the reason why weight classes exist is to match your strength with people your size and that's why the ufc has it that's why boxing has it that's why because they they know for a fact like we can't have everyone compete in 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 certain weight classes because a heavyweight guy is going to absolutely knock the fuck out of a guy who's 114 pounds but this will make the sport more uh, more inclusive to people so I think that's a pin. I just don't think we're there. We're no. just not there as a sport yet. But I think we're going to be like our generation of powerlifters are going to be the pioneers of it. Of like, we're going to be the guys who didn't fully get the advantages of the popularity of the sport, but like the future generations will. Yeah, and that kind of sucks, man. Because it's <laughs> like you know, <clears throat> I've been doing my kind of way is kind of bitching about this <laughs> so, you know since I got into the USAPL it's like you know why don't why don't we have payouts for, for, for weight class you know for some kind of payouts and and, and uh, you know make this a little bit more competitive and and uh, just like you said I mean just just try to get you know to, to raise the popularity Whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I still think with um, those meets, there's still potential for it. But uh, so so then let's take it to like the, those Virginia Pro Invitational meets. Is there any sort of motivation for you to do those meets? Because that meet brings some sort of comp- competition because you are getting this ridiculous like playing field of female and male lifters from different weight classes and then it truly becomes like, uh, for example, Amanda Lawrence. Like Amanda Lawrence dominates her weight class by a hundred kilos. Now she gets to get pushed by guys in order for her to have some sort of like this competition, which may actually elevate her. Has that? I know you've been talking a lot about the formulas that they should use, but has that been a point of interest for you? Um, you know, in the future potentially. Yeah. So so yeah. You know, we talk about that. So. <clears throat> First of all, I didn't realize the guy that's putting it on. I didn't realize he's putting his, you know, he's putting his own money up, and which, which kind of, you know, what he can do with what he's putting up, you know. So hopefully he can get some sponsors. But the problem I have with the way that they've got it set up now is, um, you know, we've got these, we've got the good lift, uh, good lift IPF points or whatever, and and we're gonna pay. Out the, the top guy and the third, second, third, and maybe the fourth or whatever. But, it, but we're putting all these people together in one in one weight class, or not one weight class, but one category. You know what I mean? As yeah. far as I understand, right? Yeah. And um, so my problem with this 
you know, we want to get this mainstream, but we're putting we're putting all these people together, and it doesn't make any like nobody nobody outside of our fucking world is going to understand. You know, Amanda Lawrence going against uh, another uh, like Tablet, for instance. Nobody understands like why is she going against that? Like that doesn't make any. We don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, you know it. It's a weird matchup, like, so, you know, people, in my mind, like, when I watch something, I want to see the top lifters going against the top lifters in their, in their, in their same kind of weight category, at least, if not weight class, at least a group of weight classes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I want to see, you know, I want to see, um... If I'm a spectator, I want to see the top guys in this lightweight division, or I want to see the top guys in the super heavyweight division, and who totals the most, you know, and not some weird formula that says, well, this guy, you know, this guy weighs this, and so he, like, that doesn't, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I like absolute, I like, you know, actual real results. I don't like calculations and shit and projections, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the world's strongest man. Like, you know, this this guy lived long and like he's four seventy five and that guy lost because he only lived four forty. Mm-hmm. You know, well if if I'm going against uh uh Jesus or Derek, you know, and, and I out squat him, then people know who won. You know, or the totally people know who got more on that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just makes more fucking sense. It's, it's like, okay, but all, you got all these super heavyweights, and and you you put up you put up the you know you, you flash up the damn um, the the rankings as they as they do them, and you know where they stand, and it's not weird. And like Mandel Lawrence and Taylor Atwood is like neck and neck, like and because they got these, you need know, to flash up the good lift points. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I don't know, man. Like that's my opinion. I like absolute. I like real shit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. Here's the thing. Like, the speaking of those meets and those formulas, like uh, to me, I, oh, to me, I enjoy the simplicity of weight classes. That to me makes sense. That's why Raw Nationals is such a great meet for me because I under like it's it's very easy to you just ha- have to have the biggest total. You don't have to really worry about. Uh, good lift points unless you're trying to win best overall lifter and that's a, that's not the case for everyone it's a case for three lifters really in each male yeah. and female so we're really not thinking about that we're yeah. only thinking about the total we have to put up but i think meets like the virginia pro invitational right now they're starting this way and i think it's a unique way to kind of propel the sport get money into the pockets of lifters and also create interest around the sport just in general where i do think yeah. like it, it, it is the the formulas do exist for a reason because what Taylor Atwood does is ridiculous. Like he is competitive in three different weight classes while being 74 kilos. Like he's competitive in 83 and 93. And I mean, really he could be like top 10 and 120. That's how incredible he is. So that formula shows how incredible he is. It's obviously there's going to be people quote unquote stronger, but he is quite possibly the most impressive lifter we've ever seen. But these meets, I actually think, can propel something to it, similar to what you're talking about. Like, if you have a guy commissioning this meet, like Saber is, putting money out of his own pocket, I just want to see the interest grow where you have a separate meet. Like, okay, you have this meet, now we're going to have, like, a meet, like, a, a Battle of the Titans type of meet. Like, it's only super heavyweight lifters, male and female. And biggest total wins. 
Like, yeah. and then uh, I mean would, that would be. That I, would I think that'll better. be. Yes. I think that'll be spectator friendly. It adds another dynamic to the sport that people will tune into. People will enjoy seeing because. I did see some things on Taylor Atwood's story, and I do agree with him because people are, were saying, like, well, no one really wants to see a s- small guy lift weights. Well, I'm like, well, the live stream views speak otherwise. The 83s and 74s had the most live stream views, so it looks yeah, like they generate some so, interest. But right. we'll continue, continue. Yeah, you know, that, that's – oh, I'm sorry. So, the, you know, the, the reason why this, the social media thing is, is favors those weight class. Russell – where he's got like 300 something thousand followers. I mean, that's, you yeah. know, <laughs> so a lot of those viewers are, are, are you know, following King of the, because King is hypes those weight classes and, and, and Russell, where he's got a massive following. So yeah, it makes all kinds of sense that they're, they're getting more views. Yeah. But if you were to put this on, you know, on ESPN, where, where you, you take this outside of our little world, you know, it's, it's going to be different, man. Like, yeah. the, the, you know, yeah. if you see Ray Williams load up, um, a thousand eighty, it's like people are gonna fucking turn their heads and like, holy yeah. shit. Well, that's the thing yeah, I want. You know, that's I mean, like, that's the thing I wanted I, to bring up for this conversation because I saw that and I agree with it to an extent, right? Because of course the live streams view were higher because the more popular athletes were in the lower weight classes, and I think there's a reason for their popularity. Exactly, yeah. But uh, but right. on top of that, are we just gonna completely forget like? prior to 2019 and 2018 where Ray Williams was the star of the show where he was the main attraction. And the reason why he was a main attraction was because he lifted the most weight. People wanted to see him compete. And at 2019 raw nationals, I mean, there were some great moments, but I felt the energy in the crowd just to see Ray Williams squat. So I don't want to make this, uh, I don't want to make this uh, seem like, people don't care about the super heavyweights because they definitely do. If you get something out there, of course people want to see. And the only reason why I think the live stream views weren't as good uh, this year for the super heavyweights is because Ray Williams is gone. There was really nothing to see because within your weight class, there's great lifters there, but it was clear that you were going to win. And then in the super heavyweights, it was clear that Jesus Oliveros is going to win. You know, like I think there's definite, like there's, People get so black and white on shit, you know? Like, they're like, okay, you have to do this. You have to feature the small guys because that's where the views are. It's like, or you can feature both. You can have something for both. You could have this Virginia Pro Invitational where you see the wide range of lifters. Then you have something like a Battle of the Titans type of meet where people get to tune into. Like, it's more powerlifting. More powerlifting means more viewers. More viewers means more people are going to get interested in the sport. And it's just showing off the dynamic of the sport, right? It's just, it's, you know, you got to think outside the box occasionally. And there is a gray area between the two. Everyone always just goes to one yeah. extreme to the other. Like, no, can we find it in the middle where right. <laughs> where we can actually find a good solution yeah. here? Right. And, you know, and the problem with the way that the, that the Virginia meet set up right now is, like, there's no incentive for super heavyweight to be there. Like, why, why would I go over there? Because you might as well... Um, Taylor and Amanda checks because they're going to get the, they're going to get, you know, they're going to win the uh, good lift system and, and that's it. You know, so it's like, what, what's the point? We don't need to show up there. I can just do a local meet and do the same, you know, uh, not pay the travel costs, you know? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think even on that, like really aside from Wilkes, which even that is difficult with, you know, Amanda Lawrence, 
uh, Russ Orhe and uh, Ashton Ruska. I mean, I, he he's kind of the he's like light heavyweight. 105s are like what light heavyweights uh, comparatively to 120s and 120 Ashton, pluses. Yeah, he's a light, kind of a light 105s. Yeah, he's yeah he's yeah he's on the borderline of uh, 93 and 105, but like. It is something to be talked about that if you do this Virginia Pro Invitational and you do it on good lift points, even if you switch it to Dots or Wilkes, super heavyweights are, you know, still kind of – it's not a guarantee that they're going to be within a top five range. It just isn't. So if you separate the two, and that's why weight classes exist for the reason, I think something can happen. Now I speak of this, and we're so far off of really figuring out anything because this is the first time – something of this meat that this and Sheffield are kind of the first time this type of meat is going to happen. Uh, so, you know, we really don't know what the future is like, but I think, I think so many times when someone has an opinion, it gets jumped to the extreme and it gets twisted in such a way that like people don't think of other solutions for it, which I'm always in the solution of like, that's feature more powerlifting always because people are like, well, Sheffield is doing this how is this going to compete with Sheffield? I'm like, what if the Virginia Pro Invitational doesn't need to compete with Sheffield? How about you just have the Virginia Pro Invitational and have Sheffield, and that way more lifters can be featured, more lifters can do their thing, more lifters can get paid, and everyone's happy in the long run. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's, because it's you just... You know, the World Games, right? Okay, so the World, world Games, you know, it's set up as... Uh, <laughs> As, you know, a light, middle, and heavyweight, I think, as far as I understand. Uh, so the World Games sets they, they between light, middle, and heavyweight, and I think that's a good setup. But the problem is they use these <clears throat> they use these good lift points, and I mean, let's be honest, man these these good lift points are. are and I, I don't want to sit here and, and complain and bitch and act like a baby about uh, good lift points, but. You know, when, when you when you sit down and you do the math on these things, and, and you look at one weight class, and then you could you, you like, okay, what do I got to get in this this weight class to, to to beat this score? And it comes up with an astronomical number that's not even realistic. It's like in the stratosphere. Well, you know, it's like something's got to change. Well, hold on, but like, here's the thing, because I, I guess because if you compare it to like, so here's here's where I would draw the line is, I mean, all these form, and then that's the thing, I think we just got to find one formula, because even good lift points is new, like, we did IPF score for, like, a very short period of time, and that was niche really quick, we had Wilkes before that, now there's Dots, there's just, there is too many formulas, so, I don't know, and also, I'm not going to even, like, pretend yes, that I know the math behind any of this shit, because I don't, like, they give me a formula, and I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm beating, you know, a lot of these people, so I don't even give a shit. Like, do these formulas, I'm only concerned about my weight class most of the time anyways, but... Oh, so, oh here's the deal, man. So, like, okay, I'm a, like, I'm a mechanical engineer, right? And, um, I've taken linear algebra and, and uh, calculus and several variables. I was actually going to be a math major before I decided to go ahead and be an engineer. And, you know, when you you finish school, you do all this math, and you finish school, and you start working. Design, I'm, you know, I'm a design engineer now, and you start working as a design engineer. First off, and I don't use, you know, I don't use any of this shit that I learned in school. I use almost zero. I mean, I use some basic algebra to figure out 
pump flows and torques and speed, you know, shit like that. And uh, a lot of times you get out there and you, and you you go ask the damn mechanic or the welder and say, "Hey man, does this does this does this look right to you?" Because <laughs> you know, a lot of times you can you can under design or you can over design shit, and they're gonna look at you like, "No." Well, my FEA said, "Well, I don't give a shit what your fucking FEA said." <laughs> It doesn't matter, you know. And you go back to you go back to the board and you change it based on somebody smarter than you, you know. And and, you, and then you get experience and you learn. You're like, okay, yeah, that was kind of dumb. And I kind of liken these formulas to the same thing, dude. Like they're just, it's almost like they haven't been road tested enough. And they don't ask people. They don't get people's feedback. And they don't, you know, they 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 they. they you got some guy geeking out in Excel. You throw it out there. Hey, what do you guys think about this? And, you know, you got a bunch of other guys that don't look at it long, long enough, road test it for a couple of years, and then they throw it out there. And then, you know, you get some jackass redneck like me <clears throat> looking at it. I do the calculations. I go, you know, and I post something on Facebook. I'm like, does this make sense to y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Ray Williams has got a total twenty seven fifty to fucking beat Taylor Howard. That's that's the stupidest shit I've <laughs> Well well here's the thing, like I guess like uh, if you're doing it like me, like a person who has no fucking math background, you know, like I don't look into the stats behind it. I have no stats background. There is this like simple I things yeah, I would you, draw the you line. Don't need to. Here's, a, here's the thing. Let, let me so uh, sorry to interrupt. All good, all good. You, you don't to look at the damn results and say, this doesn't add up, man. This don't make no damn sense. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, like for for this, like yeah, I guess it's almost like uh, it, like if you take it to a guy like me and like, all right, well, assess this. I guess there's points where I would draw the line, but I think we're we're, we're comparing everything to Taylor Atwood. And really, no matter what formula you look at, he's probably going to be the best on Wilkes dots. I mean, he is. He is the best. Wilkes, Dots, uh, as yeah. far as male lifters go, he's that's how good he is. But yeah. I think the line I would draw, if it's like, if you're not even, like, if Ray Williams has to do something crazy in order to out-total a guy like me, who's, like, a good lifter, but he's not the best lifter, he's in a lighter weight class, but, you know, he's in the, he's in the top three to five range in his weight class, and Ray Williams would have to do something astronomical to beat a guy like me on a formula. Which isn't the case, really. He will. He, he has to do something impressive, but he yeah. can well, beat me still. So. And like, and that won't be fair because I'm comparatively with my peers not the best, and comparatively with Ray Williams, he's the best. But like, I, I for me, I take Taylor Atwood's total, and I'm like, maybe this is equivalent to someone totaling twenty seven fifty at super heavyweight because a year ago. We were like 800 kilo for a 74 lifter would be one of the best feats in powerlifting, and this fucking dude did 840 or 838 and a half. Sorry, Taylor Atwood, if you're listening, I have to throw in the half, or he's gonna yell at me. But 838 is what he totaled. Maybe that's like that's what the that's what the equivalent of Ray Williams has to do. That's like that's like the 2750 of the super heavyweights. You know, it's. I think it's yeah, just like the, he's so unprecedented. But then I think if you look at the field, it gets a little bit more even out. Yeah. Well, see that the, the, the problem is is like t- 
2,700 pounds is like completely un, unhuman, dude. I mean, you got to bench 600 or 650 you know, or, or 1,200 pounds, whatever it is. You, you know, you do the math, but <clears throat> I mean, it just becomes completely unreasonable. And, and let's let's look at the sixth place guy that would class, um, Austin Perkins. You know, well, Austin Perkins is totally, it's completely unreasonable. It's like, it's almost, it's like over 2,600 pounds. And there's no way he's going to ever do that either, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just completely ludicrous. I mean, Dan Bell's got a 2,606 total. And, he, and, and Dan's, you know, he, he's not drug free. He, he was wearing knee wraps and monolift and deadlift bar and all the, you know, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was hard for him. And, uh, you know, you make the argument, Ray, hundreds, but there's never, nobody's ever been, I mean, Jesus is still 200 pounds away from Ray's total best, you know, or, well, he's not too, 150 pounds away from Ray's best total, you know? Yeah. It just, you know, when you talk, when you're talking, you know, if Taylor's, if Taylor's talking score and Taylor, we're beating up Taylor here, and, it, and he's kind of a victim of all this shit. And I, I want to publicly apologize to you know. I, I didn't mean to like beat him up over this. It's not. I mean Taylor's Taylor's a perfectly fine guy, dude. Like he, you know, it's an example. I brought this up two two or three years ago. Whenever they changed the, from the worst formula system they had and, and, and went to this one and I compared Jesse Norris's numbers and it was still completely unreasonable. I was like, guys, this is still, even for me, it was like the total was, uh, it's probably something doable that I could do in knee wraps and, and, uh, weighing 285. I could probably pull it off what I would need to do at 120 with Jesse Norris's score, you know, and but when you get to the bigger heavyweights, it, it just becomes completely it's still illogical, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I just I yeah, for me it's always been for me, like that's like I, I, I do I always compare I like I I've been bringing the sports analogy like a lot on two white lights, but I think now with the Virginia Pro Invitational where it's just based on good lift points and it's based on a formula or any formula that they want to use. I think this meet can something resemble like the All Star Game, where you feature all the best guys and girls in, uh, in USAPL. You have them do this really awesome, fun meet where they still be competitive, but you know it's it's not the end of the world that they don't win and make that like still a money meet, still bring the prize up, but still try to beef up nationals in the sense where you get paid. You get a snipe and you get some something in order to win a weight class because that's where I think you are within your most fair uh, competition field is always going to be within your weight class and it's simple that way. It's simple when you go based on total. Like I love yeah. the idea of the Virginia Pro Invitational because it's something that we've never seen in powerlifting and it can be just a really fun thing to do once or twice a year with different lifters and see how they compare and you know, uh, unprecedented, you know, guy versus girl kind of thing too, where girls can actually win their weight class, which is not seen in really any other sport. Like aside from this one, um, with this current format, like a girl can go in and compete against a guy and possibly win. So that's, that's an incentive to get more females into the sport. But I just, I think 
right now, you like when you see something, it's see something like this. It's easy to find the flaws in it. It's easy to find a formula that doesn't work. But looking for the future, it can be great for the sport, and I think you may maybe force USAPL to make nationals winning nationals something of a prize where money's involved because that's that's where the best competition for yourself is is within your weight class yeah yeah i mean there's all kinds of debates about this man and and i i I, my personal opinion is is trying to put a formula to to get to guys and girls it just i mean if we're staying in our own sphere, that it's probably okay. But if we're to go mainstream, it needs to be, to, in my mind, more kind of organized to get with weight classes and simplifying it, you know, and, yeah. and a lot smaller pool of people. Basically, like they do the World Games, except for a raw version of it and doing a total instead of points, you know. Yeah, I mean, even I think with because uh, I think I mean, the, I, I, that's the what middle... I think. You know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I think with the, the the weight classes, like lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, and that kind of stuff, it just eventually turns, it will turn into, like, just Taylor Atwood, Ashton Rowska, and then maybe another, like, with other super heavyweights, like, easily winning, like, within that class. Because there's certain people just won't have the total to really stick with certain guys. So it doesn't yield the best competition. But, yeah, I, I do see what you're saying. Like, if you do bring it to an outsider... Uh, people will be like, okay, what's going on here? This person just lifted this amount of weight, and now they're they're still in sixth as opposed to first. Like, I don't get it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. my philosophy right now is like, we got to start. We we really got to start with ourselves actually first, and kind of build within like our own community something that people want to see. Because I think the big issue with powerlifting is people don't even within the sport don't want to watch it and participate in it. And that's a problem to me. So, like, let's do something for us first and then start branching out. Like, that's how you would add in more sponsors. That's how you generate more interest. That's where you get more live stream companies putting together these great live streams that people can see. And when you get that, you market it. That's how CrossFit really got its thing. They did all their marketing. They did all their campaigning. They did all their hype. And I think that would be hope. That would be a really good start for powerlifting and I don't know. I, I still think the future can be bright for certain meets where it's just, it's just different. It's based on total. And I think the end goal will always be weight classes being valued the most because I always bring it to fighting. Like you can do the pound for pound list, right? You can do pound for pound. He's the best fighter in the world and there's debates about it. But do fighters really give a shit that much about it? Like not really. Yeah. Like I remember no, Jose Aldo. Yeah, I had, Jose Aldo once said, "Like stop calling me the best pound for pound fighter in the world because Cain Velasquez, if we fought, he'd kick my ass. He's the best fighter in the world." Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think well, absolutely. I mean, that would be. I'm with you on that. I, that would be the most ideal. Is like the, the first, second, third place guys get money and it means something it means something to be third it means something to be second you know and it means a lot to be to be first and um and you take these formulas out of the just take them completely out of the whole picture and 
you know, I mean, they have the place, you know, you can use them as a fantasy league type thing, whatever, whatever you want to do. But to, I just think it's wrong to pay people money on formulas that just, they don't work out right, you know, over time. You know, if they haven't been tested over the long haul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't even stick, that's another well, that thing, we can't my, even stick to one formula that, in powerlifting. Yeah. Um, we can't sit to I mean, let's put it this way. It, 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 let's put it this way. Like, you know, when I mentioned the, the total for, for the three, you know, it's like you, you got Taylor Atwood in, in, in the 70s and you got uh, Russell. Three, but Taylor Atwood can move up. Well, he could possibly beat Russell, Russell or he then, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you got Keiko in the next weight class up. They could, you know, Bryce. Bryce has to keep underweight. Uh, Ashton has to keep underweight, but Keiko can eat his way up to, to the, you know, full weight class, and you know, bench five hundred seventy, sixty pounds, seven oh five, and and deadlift close to eight. You know, like he's probably capable of doing, and he's right there in the mix with those other two guys. You know, yeah, and and uh, you know what I mean. So that that's why I think it'd be interesting, you know, uh, the way I, you know, I, I I hate this fucking formula shit, dude. Just stupid. Is there one that you like though? Is there one that you ever like looked at it because we can't even find that's, Wilkes? That's yeah, Wilkes. Yeah, because that that was a funny thing for me was like going through. I always thought that Wilkes would stay forever. Like getting into the sport, people told me about Wilkes and body weight stuff. I'm like. Okay, it's cool. I'm like, I, I could obviously see, like, where my total places me in my weight class, which obviously would yield a good Wilkes. But then, like, we get into, I don't know, 2018, 2019, I think is when IPF score happened. I'm like, okay, now I got to, like, kind of, like, get used to this one. And that doesn't even last for, like, a year. So I think there's some validity what people say. It's like, we don't know which one is the best. I think... Based on two white lights comments, we had the the we had the uh, discussion uh, yesterday on the page. Most people have been saying dots, which again I'm not going to make an argument for or against dots because I don't know how this shit works. But it, it, it seems fair yeah, enough. I think it's a cool it, thing, we, but I, I mean, I, yeah. I did a I did a quick look at dots. You know, when I'm, you know when you go to open powerlifting and and the well, first off they. they they separate everything by dots, which just just drives me crazy anyway. Because everybody goes and looks at this, and and people outside of outside of again, people outside of our world, they go to look at, and they're looking at this. They're like, they see the rankings, and it's like, why? How comes all these girls are up here? You know, <laughs> that's the first question they fucking ask. And I've had two. They're they're not they have nothing to do with powerlifting. I talk to and they look at it. Like how come how comes all these girls are up here? I'm like, well, there, there's a reason. They're, they're you know they're based on points, <laughs> and they're like points. What the fuck is that? I'm like, I thought it was like max of your three lists or something. Well, like, you gotta explain to them what the fuck is going on, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> you know, it's like, why can't they rank? And it's like. It just, it, I don't know. It drives me crazy. And so, so, you know, did some numbers and dots. 
you know, somebody like me has to total like 2,700 at 120. Mm-hmm. Ray has to total like 3,050 something to equal her. I mean, even they're messed up, dude. They're not even accurate, you know? Yeah, I, I mean. When it actually turns out. Yeah. I mean, granted, granted, you know, Marion Gisbert, she's on drugs. And probably a monolift, and so there's a little bit of skewing there. But I don't give a shit how many drugs you give Ray, and and how many three thousand fifty something, you know. And I always use Ray because he's at the top of the world as far as total goes. So, you know what I mean? Like it's just silly, man. That, that's a, I'm just I, I want to drive that point home. It's like let's. Use the total because that's what people. That's what matters. It's a real number, you know. You know. You know what? You are right in that sense because I, I, I understand why the formulas are used, and it's a good thing to have. It's a cool thing to have to just, I guess, test the impressiveness. It's okay to have. Yeah, it's, it's okay, okay to have. For, it's okay to have for, for fantasy league and stuff <laughs> like that, and, and but not to pay money to people, man. You know. Well, I don't know about that. See, that's a, that's actually the point I'll disagree with you on because it's like if you do a meet. And you want to find a way to involve most of the lifters in, in, into the sport. I, I think the only way to do it currently, just on the current set, because I think even Saber will agree, he would like to see maybe something that's like a, a meet where you get to pay out people within the weight classes, which is my goal in the sport. But I think currently with the current set, to get more people involved in a competition would have to be on this, it would have to be formula based. and you're trying to reward the most impressive lifter. And I think in the long run, you eventually do reward the most impressive lifter because Taylor Atwood is doing something like that completely unprecedented within his weight class. Um, and then same thing with Amanda Lawrence, same thing with Ashen Ruska. And then I, I actually still think the playing field kind of evens out. I mean, Heather Connor's thrown in there too, cause she's that far above the 47s, you know, like it's just, it, it, I think in a way it does balance it out, and that's where I think it's merit involved with giving them money. But yeah. even even so, like, but I think there's some some merit involved with what you're saying because with Taylor Atwood, we weren't really talking about his good lift points. We weren't talking about his Wilkes. People were. Don't get me wrong. We were talking about his total. That was the big headline, yeah. an 838.5 total from Taylor Atwood. That's what got remembered. It wasn't the formula. It was the total. People looked at that and was associated like 74 kilos, 838.5 total. What the fuck? That's ridiculous. That a that's a math total. Yeah, no it, doubt. You know, yeah it's like, and the, but that's no the doubt. thing. People were looking at the total. They weren't really calculating with the good lift points because if you go into rankings, the next best guy was him. At eight twelve, people can associate that a whole lot easier, right? And same thing. I mean, a baseball is my favorite sport. It's very numbers driven, but really, the clear numbers is what people it was what sticks out to people because they develop WAR uh, recently to test the players' uh, just success on the field and how they compare to others. Wins above replacements. I don't know. There's a whole complex formula to ball, but no one remembers someone's war. No one's like, who has the highest war all time? People remember home run records. 
People remember the batting yeah. averages. People remember yeah, RBIs, people ERA. Something that's just simple to get, and that's like the same thing in powerlifting as a total, like a deadlift even. You deadlift 700 at, you know, 74 kilos. That's fucking good. That's like hitting 500 home runs in baseball. You know? Like, it's simple yeah. that way. No one... When you do involve formulas, it's it's cool to have. It makes sense. Maybe it's something to test the impressiveness of the lifter because that's where I think Taylor Atwood should get his formula known because within the grand scheme of his field, he is the most impressive lifter out of all of us. And I really think, I really think that just total wise, formula wise, he is because what he does is like crazy in like four different weight classes, which is something that not a lot of powerlifters can say in yeah, history. I, yeah, see no very doubt. Few I, I, yeah, I agree with you there. I, I definitely agree. He definitely had the, the most impressive uh, total at Raw National this year. I definitely agree with that. Yes. And I mean, um, along with the greatest hair, yes, his great hair. <laughs> well, all right, that's another one. I was, I was actually getting... I'm jealous. <laughs> Well, yeah, me and him, me and him had a yeah, we had a back and forth on our interview on that because I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I got the length, but he wouldn't even ha- let me have that. So, I'm like, all right, you win in everything, Taylor. I'll <laughs> fucking concede to you, shit. I'm like, you out total me in a weight class below me by like thirty kilos. So, might as well just give you the best hair while we're at it. And you know what I did get yeah. done? I got a, my piss test done before him, so I beat him there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a better piss tester. I almost got, I almost got drunk before my piss test. I'm like, oh shit, I better not do this. And you know, I'm like, yeah, man. I, you know, at the end of the day, I think everybody wants to, they want the what's the what's best for for everybody. And and I, I think, you know, I, I think these 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 points create a lot of uh, arguments for you know for for people and and a lot of there's like some division going on because of it i think you know i mean from what i'm seeing it's like yeah well, animosity what? towards you know big lift you know big big guys there's animosity between big guys and, and the little guys and it's like it's like maybe we should just that's that's my whole argument with the, with the total thing you know it's like just just divide this just divide this up i shouldn't even be in the same conversation with taylor because it's not even you know he up until Raw Nationals, he was never. I mean, he's never the guys that I've never thought twice about. Yeah, he's, he, you know, he's a seventy-four kilo. He's no, he's no threat to me at all for anything. But when money's involved, it's like, and then when you, if it was fair, like okay, I had total twenty, you know, twenty-two fifty to beat him. I could understand. But when you're when you're looking at numbers that are just completely unprecedented, and you know. You know, if I'm competing at 285, and there's only two guys that's ever beat that, and one of them was on drugs, the other was both of them are 400 pounds, and it just you start to question these formulas. You know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, it just it doesn't smell right here. And the bigger the weight class you go up, the more I mean, the the, the more the, the bigger the body weight, <laughs> and I don't care if if. You know, if you want to, if you want to call Taylor the best of all time, is because of these formulas, I don't care. I could care less. You know, that's that's fine. I'll I'll support it. Whatever. You know, but 
But when there's money involved, then and and uh, you know, you've got a total. You know, I've got a total twenty damn. You know, twenty three fifty. Which nobody's that. You know, there's no super heavyweights hardly doing that. There's only there's only one doing that. And then the super heavyweights have to total 2,700 2, pounds plus. It's, it just, you know, I have a problem with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's like, because I was making the joke, like, people support the formula that helps them the most, which I think is the case. Yeah. Like, I really do think, like, okay. And I propose, and, that, and that's, why I want, that's why I'm proposing, let's, 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 Get rid of the shit, man. Like nobody agrees on anything. Let's let's use the total. That's that's a real number. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I think. Like, you know, I, I hopefully it. I have to be ready. I you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it does get to a point where people are just within the weight class getting paid. You know, and I and I feel I still think this feature based on like how the uh, Virginia Pro Invitational is going to run is going to be great for the sport, but I think it could also lead into something bigger for the sport where people do. Cause I don't think I it, powerlifting and the weight classes involved. It just makes it inherently unfair, you know, to compare the two, because yeah. that's the reason why we split up the weight classes. If I mean, Grant, I mean, that's the thing. If it wasn't split up between weight classes, I probably would never compete in powerlifting because mm-hmm. obviously I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to be shit. I might not even be over 200 pounds in my life. Uh, just based on how my body weight is and based on my age. So just thinking yeah. that just thinking in that term, like it will turn into strongman where I'm like there's a certain size where I could be competitive and right now I'm not there and there's a chance I'm never gonna be there in my life. So if you separate in the weight classes, that's where powerlifting gets its fairness from. I um I just I, I think I think first time through doing something, you're always going to get bloody. First guy through the wall always gets bloody, but then it gets easier going forward. And I think they will develop something. If it's Saber, if it's someone else, something of a meet that, you know, you try to separate between the two or have something where uh, people within weight classes get a, a, um, get some get some prize money or a purse for what they do. Because that's, I mean, that's why the sport has weight classes for in order for that to happen. Yeah. Or, I mean, just divvy yeah, it up I mean, between records, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the model they had this for the chef build, you know, with, with percentage of world records, I think something like that, and, and also good lift points, and, and then uh, highest total was, was thrown in there, which is, that's really good, dude, because it kind of gives exposure. And I... I if I have to compromise, I'll compromise with that. But I mean, I, I'm always going to think the total is the the king. Like we, we, I mean, if you're asking me, man, like if you want my opinion, we get rid of all this bullshit and we fucking use the total. I mean, that's that's just you know. But if I have to compromise, you know, you pay out for good lift points, you pay out for 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 total, you pay out for weight, you win in your weight class. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's. Yeah, I'm trying to be fair, you know. Yep, for and, sure. And I'm with you, dude. I, I I think you know these pro meets. We just keep the weight classes as they are, and we just pay the weight. We go first, second, third, and kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, I I just I I would like to see powerlifting have best of both worlds one day. You know, like 
just I, I love seeing innovation. I think for the uh, Virginia Pro Invite is going to be innovation. It's going to be just fantastic for the sport. Um, and I think it hope. I mean, if you if you could throw money into that, then you know I think uh, the USAPL can possibly throw some money. I mean, I know it's not the USAPL's money. Uh, Sabers putting out its own money for that. But you know, you you have this. You see this model. Like, all right, let's try to figure out something for weight classes and nationals. Uh, it's going to be further down the road because I think powerlifting still at its bare roots uh, stages. But I think it could actually get there. But I don't know how much you're keeping up to date with this. I mean, currently you are with uh, the USAPL and IPF uh, accepting invitations. What's your thoughts on the USAPL and IPF just in general? Like, do you think the USAPL would be better off with the IPF? They should stay in the IPF? Because what we're talking about now, that would free up a lot of money for something like where we actually can have some payouts for top three at nationals. Um. Well, I think I don't know how much money the USAPL has. If they have a bunch of money saved up, um, then they can sustain a, a really good federation for a long time, and it won't matter. Mm-hmm. It depends on how much money they have saved up. Um, if they don't, they need to stay with the IPF because well, I think they're going to fall the wayside of the, the USPA. Yeah, well, well, based on like, yes. uh, well, the interview we did with Larry Malley, the said I think so. If you get rid of the IPF, then that frees up almost a million dollars. Oh, or well, six. Then, yeah, or no, I'm more near. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they got the funds to to sustain themselves. Then, um, then I, I, you know, then yeah, leave the IPF. Fuck them, you know. I mean, I. <laughs> Who cares at that point? You can invite lifters. You know, you can you can keep the same standards, and you can invite lifters from other nations at, at some point to, to do these pro meets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so in, at, at that point, they become a pro federation. You know, and yeah. uh, I love that answer because it was probably the most simple answer we've ever gotten. Two white lights about this. You need mine, dude. Like you know. <laughs> Like that's all you you know. I I have several hundred thousand saved up. I saved up over you know my life, and, and like that, that that's what fucking that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> Don't spend all stupid shit and keep it saved up and and. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, that's a, that's actually funny because we have. I mean, we've had a lot of interviews. We have our own uh, like two white lights topics about this thing. Your like, explanation there is like, yeah, if you have money, fuck them. It's like the most simple answer we've ever got. Well, that's that's what matters. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Yeah. The, you, the, the problem is, is if they don't have money, they're gonna die because the USPA has got money and they're gonna they're gonna keep going. So, yeah, that's, that's a good. I mean, you do make a good point. As, as um, something like an international competition ever so, really, like, ever stuck out to you on why? Because I think that's that's really the only reason why I think that the the relationship has continued is because people favor the international competition, and that's it. Like that's that's just about it. Is it was that ever something well, for you? Well, see, that's so you know. <clears throat> let's pretend like a split. IPF and and uh, they're going to have to have money too to be able to deal with the IPF and there is you know you're asking a guy that's been to the IPF and done been there and done that and so I, I don't really care at this point but 
you know, when you're talking to another lifter who's never been there, um, that they're, they're going to have a different answer. And there's going to be a lot of those guys. So, you know, international attention. So then you're going to have to market the pro meets for, for international guys and bring those guys over, you know, and create that. You're going to have, you need to get the camera system. You need to invest the money. You need to, you know, make this TV quality, just like, just like the IPF worlds is. And if you can do that and you can, and you can, um, puff your chest out and say, Hey, my, you know, IPF, I'm fucking more badass than you. And, uh, you, you can create a production better than the IPF than, then, and you can sustain that over a long period of time, then it, then, then it goes back to, it doesn't matter again, you know, cause mm-hmm. you're, you know, inviting people from, from South Africa, you invite them from England, from, you know, when you're, uh, you even pay their trips here. You just, you know, if you, if you, you just have to have a lot of money in, in you a lot. Cause you, you're, you know, if you invite people, you might not need, you might need to pay them because then they might want to stick with the IPF. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's a good time. I you mean, that's think about like, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, money wise. Because, because yeah, you're going to lose out on that and, and you just, you need to have a ship. So yeah, money talks, man. You like, you know, you know, like for for instance, um, I think one of the best guys in the 120s, Tony Cliff, he's probably going to want to stick with the IPF. But you know, <clears throat> if I you know if I challenge him and say, "Hey, come over here to this pro meet," um, I'm gonna whoop your fuck you. You got to pay my way over there, and that's probably what it's going to be. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of that. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the it's, it's a situation with a lot of things, especially in sports. You know, money talks and bullshit walks. So, it I don't like it's exactly like if you have something that incentivizes for lifters, then yeah, that's that's like the it's a, a very just basic way of looking at things. If if you funnel more yeah. money and use it correctly, then yeah, I think people would just end up staying just based on that alone. And I think eventually the international focus will go. But if if IPF that you know does the opposite of, I mean, it, it does the opposite of what their goal is now, and that's IOC recognition. Then they could possibly pivot and you know have a little competition there with the USAPL. So, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so you know, just say no. So, if 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 they do break away from the IPF, and they you know they sustain these pro meets throughout the nation. Um, so if we split from the IPF, then the USAPL is going to be in direct competition with the USPA, and 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 you know there there's some there's some legit there there will be some legit concern there because the USPA has some things that that they do really well at, and one of those things is like the weight class categories and and you know the twenty four hour weight. There's a lot of things about the USPA that that are better than. Oh, an IPF and that whole setup. Mm-hmm. So they just—I mean—they they need to have deep pockets. Um, if they sustain, you know, do a, do a you know five-year time frame. Say, hey, we got money to, to put on meets for the next five years, and they, you know, they do the business, they do the, you know, the, the you know the cash flow and and the cash flow analysis and stuff like that. And say, hey, you know, five years, we need to be making money so that we can do another five years and. And another fight, you know, so on and so on, and make it unprecedented with the pro meets, with the money, you know, 
Um, they're going to have to pay out a lot of money and, and, and that sort of thing. And it needs to be with a lack of weight classes, you know, second, first, second, third place needs to mean something. It need, you know, it needs to be a significant pay and they need to be able to draw lifters from other countries, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's why I thought yeah. this, that and, would be a future possibly. of any pro division would be just getting people from internationals. That's that's an argument that I tried to raise to people. The thing is, with a lot of international lifters, they get government funding for what they do. So, like, yeah. it's, it's hard to really get them out of that. But, yeah, like, like again, I always bring up the examples of other pro sports organizations. And I think that the, the examples of other pro sports organizations are good because every single pro organization that we see now – was always a shittier version of what it is currently. Like, there was yeah. always some issue with the major Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL. They're all completely different now from where they started. Rule changes, alignments, how you set up divisions, how you set up championships have changed. And I think that could be within the USAPL and really the IPF for that matter where you branch off, but then you get international people competing within the USAPL. And that's happened to other sports, yeah. right? Like, I mean, every single sport has international people, has international athletes come in and compete within their organization. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility to do that. Just you have to, you have to get them here somehow. And usually, the best way to get people out is one, money, and two, you know, competition. I'll, I'll, and I'll say this, you know, you might, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. You might look at. When I say that the federation has to pay them, you know, I mean it may be a deal where they're offered a lot of money to to win, you know, and maybe maybe not pay them to come over here, but, but there's a significant amount of money to win to to create the incentive to come over here, and, and then it's up to the athlete to pay or have some sponsorships to come over. You know, I mean that's you know I'm, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, but that's maybe you know may, that might be. Um, you know, maybe it's not the federations, not the USAPL's position to pay people to come over and maybe just put up enough prize money to make it worth it. Yeah, you know? that's probably that would probably be the first step. I mean, I, I mean, you know, the USAPL yeah. is not the and like it is. I mean, you have to make those analogies to other sports organizations, but there is ways that it's just you know not fair to compare the two because national like if you go into Major League Baseball, the cities are putting up the money. Right, Major League Baseball is not like, hey, Japanese import or Japanese prospect, we'll pay you this. No, the organization that you're playing for is going to pay you out. Yeah. So that's that's where you get the contracts from. Is that so? I guess it's not. It, that wouldn't be the incentive. It's just like we have this big meet. We're inviting you to possibly win twenty thousand dollars. You want to come? And again, that is still money and that's still competition, which is the two things I think you need in order to get people interested within a federation and you know i i i I agree i think it's i think it's definitely within the realm of possibility for the usapl but you mentioned something there with the uspa i know you've done uspa meets and you've have you know went to um you know different federations with the usap with the uspa in particular because they actually do have a drug tested uh division has that ever been thought about just you know competing at you know some drug tested meets and you know, kind of taking those favorable weigh-ins and the weight classes to your advantage? I love the USPA. I, I love it. I love the 24-hour weigh-ins, you know, just the, it's it's a blast. 
Yeah, I did one last year. I did one in October. Yeah, um, yeah, we bought that up on two white lights. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's. I mean, they're a lot of fun. Um, the only problem they have is they don't have that international recognition, and they they do have a world league, but they haven't invested a lot of time and money and effort in, in into um, growing it. So they still lag in that in, in that area a little bit. Um, but it's growing and they're getting bigger and dude, I, I'm kind of excited for it because I'm like, I'm hoping that Steve can keep growing that and like, you know, and, and it's not that I, it's not that I don't like the USAPL. It's just that, you know, I like the structure and I like the way they do things over there. Um, I've competed with them for, I actually was competing with them before I got into the USAPL and people shit on the USPA, but like they don't understand because most of the people that shit on it, they've never been in there. So they don't know. Um, they do have their issues. There's always some issues, but it's a, it's a great fed and, um, it's a lot of fun and, you know, and it's a big appeal for me because of the weight class structure. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a huge appeal for me and, you know, um, I don't know what, Doing this, but you know what I'm saying. It's just, yeah. yeah I mean, people do. People don't know what they're missing because it's it's a great fed. Yeah, there's I good think meats I, there. There's the LA. I always think that I I, I, do, I think the USAPL and USPA do you know get get get, get along quite well. It's just one lacks the competition. I think, and I think that's the USPA. Well, what we're yeah. kind of saying like the international body isn't as strong, and if the international body isn't as strong, that kind of that does break away from the nationals and they would migrate over to the USAPL because of that. Um, I think, yeah. I think that's what stops a lot of people from going to the USPA. It's just not necessarily their structure and what they do. It's people seem, I mean, people in the USAPL, myself included, and really everyone I talk to is like, yeah, the USAPA is awesome. The USPA is awesome. But they just don't have the competition I want. And that's it really. And they don't. And, and that's, that's a problem right now. If you want the competition, you have to go to the North contested side and that's that's and that's what i've done in the past and that's that's what i don't want to do that anymore i'm tired of the non-tested stuff so i'll go over there but but the drug tested side i'm watching nationals and i'm watching a bunch of you know a bunch of guys i you know that go to the gym i go to and all the nationals all have a great time I'm like damn i'd love to go <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm foaming at the mouth to get back to the uspa i'm just being honest with you it's like uh because of those, mainly because of the damn 24 hour weigh ins. I mean, and the 275 pound weight class. It just seems like a shitload of fun to me, you know. But I've got sponsor obligations, and then that, you know, that throws a monkey wrench and things. And, and, and so, so, um, but yeah, I mean, if everybody headed over the USPA, I wouldn't make, and, and I'm going to say this about um, the US, USAPL. What, what I think Larry Maley's doing with the IPF, I stand behind him 100%. What it, you know, I've, I've had my differences with him as far as, like, the way he does things. But I think he's doing – but I am completely 100% behind him with everything he does with the IPF. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, for sure. I completely agree with I mean, I, I think you – know, it's like, you know, this is – I think this is the best way. It's not like we're trying to cheat over here, motherfuckers. We're trying to, you know, level, you know. <clears throat> and, yeah. and I and I and I applaud him for 
that. I think he's doing, you know, it just sucks that we're in this predicament with the IPF and, and, uh, and it, it, it kind of makes me want to support the USAPL because of that. Although I, I think it's more fun than the USPA, to be honest, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, there's no way. Cause I mean, I've been, I'm going to probably eventually get around to USPA meet. I actually was supposed to do one in October in Illinois, um, a money meet, but a move to Florida. I mean, not a move to Florida, move to Texas. Um, kind of threw a monkey wrench into that where I really can't make it out to Illinois again, just with the travel. So I did the, I'm doing the pro invitational instead, but you know, I, I, I have no problem with the Federation. There's no way I won't have fun in it. You know, like if I'm competing, if I'm lifting weights, like it's, it's fun. It's it, no matter what, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a blast doing it. No matter what federation you put me in. Uh, but like the reason why I stick with the USAPL, I do think their structure and really what they do as far as like, just trying to put together the best sort of national meets has been great. I think they, aside from a few things, what people say, they don't care about the lifter. I think they actually do care about the lifter quite a bit in the USAPL, but you know, you can, that's, that's actually, I mean, that's another shitty thing about the IPF, right? It's, it pigeonholes so many people just doing a regular USPA meet if they're in the IPF. Because if you do a, yeah. if, well, if, if you do a USPA meet, you will be able to compete in the USAPL for sure. That's totally fine. Larry Malley got on the podcast and said, yeah, we don't care if you compete in the USPA. Like, no one, we don't fucking care. But the IPF... It, depending on if you know if you compete with someone who has a suspension or you know like I, I know there's certain there's other rules you can't compete in IPF meet and if you have international dreams you can't do that that's another just fucking shitty thing about the IPF that pisses me off because it, it does force a lot of people just not to do a regular old USPA meet <clears throat> you know the, the I, I don't know man that I don't know what the fuck is wrong with the IP. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, God damn, they're run by communists over there. <laughs> God, you might want to edit this out, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, no, I mean, I've said, I mean, we're not, a, like, we have not been a very pro-IPF podcast. Uh, really, we, we, we on, on Two White Lights, like, our, our differences with the IPF ranges, you know, and I agree with you. What what Larry's been doing and what the USAPL is doing is kind of sticking by the ground. We really support that because that's our value is the drug testing situation that we do in the local level. Larry, that's, that's one I, of our things. But yeah. but hell, like it's 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 this thing. Like my my I mean, fuck my issues with the IPF didn't start with the drug testing shit. It's punishing lifters for doing a meet that has untested lifters in it. That, to me, is like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to suspend me, really, for that shit? That, to me, is bull... Yeah. That's, that's, that's absolute bullshit. I hate that. I hate that that's, that's yeah. part of it, but fuck, it's it, it's the reality of it, and the USAPL put up with it because they know how many people want to represent the United States and IPF World, and they don't want to jeopardize that. But... I'm 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 happy to see them put their foot down. I mean, if it was up to me and if I was the president, it's actually probably a good thing I'm not the president because I would have told them to fuck off right there. Yeah, and and I think Larry, you know, I, understand, I mean, from what I'm gathering, he's trying to be 
politically correct, but at the same time, he's not. He's, he's fucking putting up a wall and say, hey, you know, he's here like this is, you know, this is the way it's going to be, you know, and and I respect that. I respect somebody that stands and it, it makes me kind of see him in a different light, you know. It's like, so, you know. Yeah, I. I think a lot of times. I don't know, whatever, whatever happens, whatever happens with the IPF, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not. I don't give a shit. If we if we get kicked out of the IPF, I don't care. I will still compete with the USAPL, and I will probably I'll head over to the USPA, and I'll I'll do that too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll do both, and I'll support I'll support Larry. Um, you know, I'll pay my dues and stuff like that, and and because I. I kind of respect him now for, for sure, you know, so, you know, um, you know what I mean? So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you on that part. And I, I think, I think a lot of people do, like that. I, I, that was my standpoint too. Like, cause I, I mean, if you listen to two white lights again, there was a lot of things that the USAPL did that I really disagreed with. Um, it would sound like I'm just a curmudgeon to certain things, but I, I just, I'm opinionated, so I, but when they started to really put it out there, and when they started to reach out to us that they actually do want to improve, and they do want to make things better, I got a whole new found for respect, yeah. and I never had anything, you know, negative about, uh, you know, negative thoughts, or negative opinions on, I guess, Larry Maley, but, you know, doing the interview with him, and him standing, and him really stating the facts, and him, you know, just, like, standing his ground, like, okay, this is our values, and if our values are going to be compromised, we can't stick with the IPF. I'm like, all right, fuck yeah. Like, this is this is someone who has our backs, and I have to I have to respect that. And, I mean, shit, if I have a yeah. maybe a conversation with Gaston, maybe I'll think that, but fucking I, I probably would never in my life. So, <laughs> shit, I like, guess <laughs> that's probably not going to get that out of him. Yeah, the thing of it is, man, he's not trying to fucking cheat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's trying to you know there's money involved and he's trying to you know I mean I, I don't know all the details about I, I'd like to talk to somebody about like exactly what, what he's trying to do but like you know he's trying to save money and he's trying to do this and, and he's trying to make sure that you know I mean we all know what he's trying to do and it's like <clears throat> he's not trying to fucking cheat you know that's mm-hmm. the big thing <laughs> It's the opposite of that, is what I'm gathering, you know? Yeah, it's, no, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, and we can beat a dead horse, we talk about it so much on Two White Lights about it, like, yeah, it's, it's something that really didn't need any changing, our drug testing policy, it was something that works, we do third-party testing all the time with our biggest competitors, with our best competitors. But to to go back to your point of, like, if he breaks from the IPF, he needs to have deep pockets and hopefully he saved up a lot of money, you know, so that he could continue because otherwise I think the USAP will die and somebody else will take its place. Well, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you if you don't have money to do it, but the IPF doesn't help us with any funding. If anything, it's the opposite. Like that's what, that's what I was, that's what I gathered on my interview with him. It's if they give, if they give the IPF upper six figures, it just to be within the IPF and what they do with the IPF, you leave the IPF, you know, I mean, you don't even need to have money saved up. You have a shit ton that you're getting back, and you're going to get it back from from the IPF, but also with this with the uh, with the memberships and the amount of people within the USAPL. I think the financials are there, 
and really what we see with the production value, like there's there doesn't seem to be any wasteful spending. I mean, aside from maybe lawsuits um, for the USAPL, yeah. but uh, at times I actually like I agree with the lawsuits, like them challenging or them taking the IPF to court with not acknowledging the record set at the Arnold. Yeah, I'm like, fuck it. yeah, let's do, let's do something. We can't just constantly have them fucking bully you in doing that. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that aspect. Yeah, dude. I didn't realize it was fucking six figures to stay in the IPF. Oh, it's upper. It's upper towards. It's it's upper six figures. Fucking <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know the specifics of it, but if, yeah, if you listen to the, uh, the interview I did with Larry, like, that's what he said. It's it's like you will if you end that relationship, you will you will free up money. Yeah. You know, I don't have anything to get this IP of prison. Uh, he wishes me ha- he wished me happy birthday like every year, dude. Like that's kinda cool. I like kinda respect that, you know. So I don't have anything against him, but it's like But I have more respect for Larry for fucking standing up and like you know, for what he believes. I, I respect people like that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's hopefully, hopefully, you know, if we, if we decide, I mean, it sounds like if we break from the IPF, we're going to fucking have all these pro meets. If we can just get rid of these fucking formulas, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a bad ass. Comes- like, I'm all, actually, I'd be for I'd be for getting getting out of the fucking IPF. Then I'm free to go compete in the USPA. I can go to the USPL. I can do all kinds of shit, and, and I can actually have fun with this shit. You know? Yeah, and that's and again, that's another thing that was talked about in the interview where it's like we're not going to penalize people for doing other meets because that's illegal in America. You can't you can't do that. It is illegal to say if you do this, you will not be allowed to compete in our federation. Like and like that's. That's illegal. Like you, and, and that was a big, big point of respect that I had for him, where he just said, "You know, you can't compel me to break the law." I was like, "All right, respect." Like, yes, yeah, dude. I, yeah, and and like, what else would you say? You know, like that's an American fucking law. We can be aware of the fuck we want, man. Like, fuck you. Yeah, and that's, like I, I've I've written letters to the USA. I've written letters to the national office about this thing, like because I was going to do the because I had signed up to do the current open. Uh, the year in 2017 uh, before I went to Belarus and they were like, well, if you're signed up for that, you can't go to Worlds. Well, I'm like, well, I'm signed up, but I haven't done it. <laughs> so who gives a shit? You know, and yeah. then I went back and forth with them on that and was like, it's a free fucking country. I can do whatever I want. If I want to put my name on 600,000 lists, I can put my name on whatever, you know, and it doesn't matter. It's until I do it that you can ban me. But yeah, they, the IPF can't do shit. Yeah, as far as I understand, because that's our laws. That's our, you know, they can't yeah, do anything. Yeah, well, they, uh, the, the only thing is they just won't accept a nomination from that certain lifter, because they will check to see what they've done, and it's like, okay, if you did a meet with a, you know, a suspended lifter in the IPF and USAPL, you will be suspended oh, from the IPF. That was their rule. They, like, that's correct. not a USAPL's yeah, rule. They're like, we will put you as a, like, we can't stop you from doing nationals, but we, we could put you on the nominations. They just won't accept your nomination. Yeah, that, yeah, okay, you're correct, yeah. But, but, like, but if you're, but if I do a state meet. You should be good. Can't do an inter. 
yeah, you, you can't do, I mean, as long as, if I do a state meet with USPA and there's no banned lifters in it, they can't do shit to me. There's not a fucking thing they can do. Yeah. That's why when in October, last October, when I did that USPA meet in California, it's a fucking local meet, dude. It didn't matter for shit. They can't do anything with me. It was a drug test meet. And so yeah. it's like, that's why I did it. I, you know, I'm careful about what I do, you know? So it's like, uh, you know. Yeah. Frankly, I don't know why more people don't do that. Like, how come nobody from the, how come I'm the only fucking one that does that from the USA? <laughs> well, people, well, so that's the thing. Like, people do it. People do it, but it's just not like it's not like Atwood. It's not like Russ. It's it's That's what got, I mean, like, like for me, like I I've, I've always it's just there's no I guess to me it would make sense for them because they're they they only do like two meets a year anyway. They do nationals yeah. and worlds. Maybe the Arnold thrown in there like to mix, but. Like it's just they only they only do two meets a year or three meets a year, just regardless. So, other guys like me, like throwing a local meet, USPA local meets, uh, like the guys within my rank do it. Uh, I have good friends who just compete. Like I don't give a shit. Like I'm just gonna compete USPA, gonna do this for USAPL. They just do it. It's just none of the top top people do it, aside from you. Yeah. I know that's what I mean. And so Ashton, uh, I want to bring this up. So Ashton, you know, he said, he's like, I do a lot of meets a year. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> you don't even know. Like 2016 and 17, I did like seven, I did 10 meets in 2016. <laughs> or no, it was eight meets in 2016 and like seven meets in 2017. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, even for me, like, <laughs> And yeah. it's more than what I... Yeah, so I like Ashton's like me. Like, I do a lot of meets. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you, you know. He's like, he's bragging about it. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I that's that is true. Uh, yeah, I guess there would be one person that competes US... with it to you. In 2017 or 16, I did I did a meet in well, I, did, I guess I did one in December. Yeah, I did one in December 2015. And then I did one. March mm. Arnold and then I did one in and then I did Worlds and then I did a bench only meet and then I did okay so maybe it wasn't that many well I mean it's still a good amount I mean actually I think yeah. right now four I think four is a lot for a lot of USAPL lifters and just lifters in general. I did seven one year and I don't remember that I, I that's know. a lot seven yeah that's a shit ton I did seven or eight yeah. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> For me, at yeah, least. it is. It's... That's that's overkill. I think I did most. I've done was four. Yeah, I want a private message to Ashton. Like, dude, I was. They would like Ashton. It's funny, dude. Like, I Ashton, and he reminds me of like me, like six, seven, six years ago. Like, he reminds me of me like so much, man. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? I, you know, he's got a lot of momentum behind him, and he's got a lot of hype. And and uh, um, well, it's 2016, I guess. Like I remember being that way. It's 2015, 16, and 17. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're getting stronger. You're finding your stride, and you're like, and you you know, 
you realize you're a freak and and uh, uh, you're, you're blowing up. Yeah, and that's that's a great. It's, thing it's about- funny because he does all these memes. He reminds me of myself, dude. Like like six, you know, few you know years back. You know, it's yeah. kind of funny watching him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does have, and he does have that too. Like uh, he does, he does have that mindset too, where it doesn't matter like what federation is like if there's a thing that says like okay this meet's gonna have the best lifters like i think i could win that meet like if you talk to him that's what he thinks he's like yeah i, I think i can win that i think i can go to hybrid win i think i can go to kern yeah win. Dude. i think i can go to showdown and win yeah it's dude, like holy shit it. like he doesn't stop yeah it, it's funny I, I i'd love to sit down and talk to ashton and get his mindset on things but yeah, it's like that's how, that's totally how it was, dude. Like he's he he of all of of all those guys out there, you know, most of them are like very strict and narrow. Like Taylor, he only does two meets a year, and he only sticks with the IPF and, and USAPL. And but Ashton reminds me, dude, he's like a lot like I was when I was, you know. I mean, he's younger than what I was when I was doing all shit, but I got started late too. So because um, raw wasn't a thing when I was his age, so it, you know, but. uh it's funny to watch him, you know, I, I watch him and I'm like, you know, I was like, man, I, I remember being like that, you know, more than anybody else. And he, you know, he, he's, a, a, you know, he's kind of a free spirit like I was, you know, he just, he, did, he was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad motherfucker and I'm going to go do some other shit. Yeah, he, he is really like one of the only people like that, like currently in the sport yeah. where he just kind of. Does is like okay? I'm gonna take a suspension. Like that was that, I. I think you might have like you knew you were gonna get a. You were. Did you ever take that suspension from the IPF for doing the curve? Oh yeah, dude. I because I did. You know, I did the the. Dude, I did. You know, I was back and forth all the time. I mean, shit. I'm still back and forth. I mean, you know. I mean, I did the USPA last year? But I did the. You know, I did worlds. And then I jumped over the the A year. You know, 2016 worlds, and then I jumped over the A year. And then I jumped over to the USPA, and then I jumped back into the US APL, and then I went back to the AAU that December. And I mean, it was I was all over the fucking place back then, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I, yes, I, to, to answer your question, yes, I did take a long suspension for from, from a couple of times actually. Uh, there was a couple of years I did that. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think Ashton's um, the only one who's willing I to took do a suspension it. In, yeah, I took a suspension in 2013 or 2014. Uh, I think it was 2013 or 2014, and then I took another suspension in uh, 2018 mm. when I did the Kern. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, all the lifters are all, like, when I talk to, like, Russ um, and, and all them, that like, Russ flat out said it, like, I would love to do USPA meets. I just don't want to get fucking suspended by the IPF. Like, all right. I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And also, but the big meets will yeah, have a suspended you know, lifter. Ash is just like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, like, some of that, like, occasionally that matters, and occasionally it doesn't matter. If it was in Belarus, I think a bunch of lifters would have took a suspension this year. Yeah. Because why? Might as well take the suspension. I'd rather take a suspension than go to Belarus. Okay, yeah, you know, like Taylor's in a unique situation. He's in a he's in a really light weight class, and he's really good at, at his weight class. So it's like it would make sense for him to stick 
to the USAPL or like not go to the other place because like why you know mm-hmm. uh, Ashton is getting into a weight he's in the weight class like he could go take on Joe Sullivan for the squat record like it kind of it kind of makes sense for Ashton to like venture out and you know uh, it, it makes less sense for Taylor because not a lot of guys his size are, are on drugs you know yeah um, if they're on drugs you wouldn't be. 165 pounds guy there's more guys yeah there, there's there's more guys with taylor that i mean not taylor but uh, ashton they're on <clears throat> me like a lot of guys in, in my weight class are on drugs um in fact i think the majority uh of the the reason why guys get on drugs is because uh i mean not not, not the reason why they get on drugs the guys, the, the competitive guys in my weight class are on drugs. I, I should rephrase it, you know, to say that. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a weight class. Like, that if, I always well, talked yeah. about that before, like, to my friends and stuff. Like, there's a weight class. There's weight classes that hit. Like, if you if you take performance enhancing drugs, you take steroids, you jump on gear, you're going to be in a certain weight class, and the, that. It's like uh, the the one twenties or the two seventy fives in the USPA. It's like almost like the hundred eighty three pound or eighty three kilo weight class in the USAPL. Because once you jump on gear, that's usually the weight you kind of even out to. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of makes me like, you know, like Larry Wills is coming back to do a two seventy five meet, and I'm like, God damn, I'm. Like I'm really tempted to hobble fucking juice and just fucking destroy that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you remember cool. me, motherfucker? We died when I was drug free, and now we ain't drug free no more. I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I mean, that'll be fucking something. Just you doing that just for the purpose of it. I mean, that would be. I mean, shit. I mean, hey, you know, it has it has happened before, right? I mean, Hack did, did the same thing. Hack fucking nattied it for a while, uh, killed it. Then he's like, "All right, well, more money to be made here, and more competitions to be at here." Now he's fucking two hundred plus, kicking people's ass. Everyone's ass. He's beating everyone's ass aside from Chad Penson. And uh, and but the only thing is, like, if it's raw, it's a fucking wrap. Hack is winning. The only way you're gonna beat him if if you if you wrap up. Oh, Hack. Oh, John. Hack. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't. You know you're talking about John Hack, yes, yeah, dude. And I've talked to people about this before in the past. I'm like, I'm like, do you guys realize, like, if if you took every champion from IPF Worlds and you put them some bitches on drugs, they're going to rewrite the record books everywhere. Yeah, then you give <laughs> them every obviously evidence of that. Also, you give them all the advantages too that you get in untested federations of 24 hour rounds, oh, yeah. deadlift bar, even. Dude, I actually might even go further on your take. I think without a 24-hour weigh-in, you still give those guys in the USPA and WRPF a same-day weigh-in. Fucking one, they will just not make weight. They just won't be able to do it. And two, they just might bomb out a lot of those guys. Yeah. Because they're taking... Yes. They do that 24-hour weigh-in, they drop like 20 pounds, and they get the IVs in them. They fucking recomp all goddamn day. They get back to, like, if you're competing at 181, you're competing at 205 the next day. Like, you give them a same-day weigh-in, even with performance-enhancing drugs. Dude, I think a lot of natty guys will still fucking beat them. 
Yeah. Aside from a Dude, few. Yeah, aside I, from I mean, a very few. Like, I think once you get into the super heavies, like Dan Bell, where it doesn't affect him, then it starts to change. But, like, in the weight classes from, like, 181 to, to you know, 270, like, a lot of those guys who make those big weight cuts, shit, it's a different ball game at that point. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, in you bring up the you bring up the uh, the IV thing. So, like, you know, in the USAPL, you can't do that because there's there's I, they can test for that. I don't. Also, you just I, can't. I don't know what you like literally can't do it within the right time. Like, you have well, two you, hours, so you have. Yeah, to... you can't. But 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 you you can't. But there but there's also chemical. I don't know what the fuck it is, but you can test for that. And I think the water test actually tests for IVs. And like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck it is. You know, I don't know what it is. I, I knew at one point, it's all the tip of my tongue. I can't remember what the fuck it was. But anyway, there's some kind of, if you put an IV in from back, or like something, there's there's some kind of chemical that they test for. And it's like a fucking no-go, man. Like you're, okay. you're out here. Yeah, and, that would make, that so, would make but, sense. But, but I, I, I but I, you know, I remember dudes that would like. I've never done an IV, and I'm like, I have no fucking idea. But there's dudes like swear by, it. like they wouldn't compete without it. You know, especially if they cut weight, they're like, dude, that is like, you know, I remember like Garrett Gums Griffin used to fucking talk about. There, he did a meet one time without doing an IV, and it, it fucked him all up. You know, I'm yeah. like, shit, I can drink goddamn, I can drink. Uh, you know, a couple of them damn I drink a dang jar of pickle juice and be fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like me, you got to swear by these IVs, you know? It's like, evidently, it's like a major performance enhancer. Oh, yeah. I mean, try that out. The, 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 the videos, well, the videos at the uh, last showdown, I actually, uh, JP Price told me about it. Like, the most entertaining thing was after weigh ins, then the IV room where all the guys were just taking their IVs and kind of shooting the shit. Like, <laughs> It's something, I mean, they all do it. Like, that's the thing. Like, you take an IV and, you know, you're, it's obviously going to really help things. But, yeah, it becomes a different, I, I mean, you could, that's that's actually a meet I want to see. I want to see, because we're, like, all these meets, like Showdown, you're really going into the advantage of the untested lifter in that. Like, you're, you're going off based off their rules. What I want to see is you get to take steroids, but you have to compete the same day. You have to do a two-hour weigh-in with our weight classes. Dude, I, I, I even think right there, it's like, it's just a completely different, it's a completely different sport for them. Like, it just won't be the same. And Like, yeah, if you if you give an IPF world champion and if you give a USAPL national champion, a lot of those guys, you know, either steroids or just a 24-hour weigh-in, they're going to, they're going to wipe the floor with a lot of lifters. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean... I mean, I started thinking about this, you know, I'm like, fuck, I want to do a damn, you know, I'm like, I, like, rules doesn't excite me. I like, I want to fucking do, <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a fucking other USBA meeting, like where I can just get strong as fuck and like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm being honest, dude. Like, I'm just, I'm not excited about worlds. Like, I'm like, I, I want to go, like, so full disclosure, I want to go to fucking Sweden, and I want to experience just because I want to go there, but like, I'm not. I'm not fucking motivated to go to Worlds. I, I, I you know, this I'm motivated is, to fuck. 
it, it's not the most surprising thing again, you know for, yeah it's not the most surprising thing for a lifter to say i've heard it before i've heard people say you know the first time you do worlds or like the first two times you do it it's awesome it's a great experience it's always a great experience to an extent but really it's just not it doesn't have this it doesn't have the same feel once you do it you know every you know every time and people do tell me this like that's yeah. when I had the conversations about people like wanting to compete at worlds, they do, they say, you know, I'm, I've always had the dream of becoming a world's competitor as I, like, okay, I do too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I definitely do myself. That's a big goal of mine, but like what happens once you do it, then, you know, they kind of think like, well, there's, then they kind of circle back to like nationals and where they get to see all their friends and compete with their friends. Yeah. That's the, that's the draw for Wolves to me is like, I remember when I went to Belarus in 2017, you know, like I went there, I won, and, you know, I went to the after party and I'm like, it was fucking fun as hell. Like, it was just a, it was a whole experience on the podium and national anthem and like the whole thing. Like, I'm, I'm always going to fucking remember that shit, you know, and, uh, and the, you know, the cool after party and like, just hanging out with all the fucking, all the people you see on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's a cool fucking experience, dude. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'll never forget it. And I th- think that's one of the reasons why I'm going to get back there is for that. It's, it's really for just for the experience. It's not necessarily the competing part. You know, I, it almost makes me want to, like, go – go be a referee or just go get back to sport just so I could just be around it because it's just, you know, it was just, it was, it was a cool experience for me, you know? Yeah. You're, you're with like-minded people and, and, you know, I, I remember, you know, shit, I remember fucking, you know, we were at that damn fucking weird ass underground club that we went to out, you know, after the banquet. A fucking 61-year-old or 65th well, at the time. He was like 600 years old at the time. But uh, fucking David, you know. And, <laughs> and then we, and I was hanging out with Bonita Brown and, and Tony Cliff and, and, and fucking uh, Kelly Brandon. And it was just a good time, dude. Like, I just remember it, you know. And, and uh, you, you know, I always say, like every time I think about it, it takes me back, you know, it's like, wow, this is like, that was a fucking cool season in my life, you know? And <clears throat> the IPF, and that's it, you yeah. know? But when it comes to competing, I want to compete. Like I want to get strong as fuck to do this and that and this and that, you know, but just to get back to the experience of the IPF, it was like, it's, it is one of, one of a kind of experience, you know, like it was, it's different than it, it kind of hit different than other things, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. No, I, I for sure get that. And really that, that, that it always, yeah. it, it does circle back to that too, even for, I mean, my experience with nationals, cause I mean, of course, uh, you know, I would love to get to an IPF world stage one day or be just good enough to, to, to get there. But for nationals, for me, like, yeah, it was fucking cool, dude. Yeah, for nationals for me though, it was like um, I didn't because I was like one of the, I I was uh, on the I was on the brink of like I don't even know if I want to do USAPL. I came from APF meets. Um, I I did USAPL because I wanted to be com- uh, competitive with people in the eighty three uh, kilo weight class, 
And I had such a good fucking time at Nationals. Like, competing, but also just shooting the shit with other people, getting beers with other people, you know, fucking just just hanging around with the bunch. Yeah. Like, it was that one. Like, <laughs> you know what? This is cool. Like, this is a cool experience. You don't get... Dude, I'm telling you, you don't get that with other, like... You don't really get that with a whole lot of other competitions. So, yeah, I, I totally understand that. And, yeah. like, it's always... That first... The, the one in uh, Lombard in 2019, it's always going to stick out to me because I just, like... It was, a, it was such a, like, a fun time in my life because... It was in Lombard, 15 minutes away from my house. I got, I went to work. I actually went to work. Uh, and then I would go straight from work to the primetime sessions. And then for the primetime sessions, you know, afterwards or even during, be getting beers with the guys and fucking, you know, watching powerlifting, going out afterwards. And I did that for like four fucking days in a row. Because I was, I was, it was so easy for me because I, I had, uh, I, it was in Illinois and it was so close to my house that it worked that way. It was just... It was it, if I was just doing it, competing, then left, then like, all right, whatever, it's okay, I guess. But shit, like, you know, fucking some of my closest friends were built from, you know, competing at nationals. Yeah, was Lombard your first nationals? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, dude. I mean, it, it, it's it's like I say, it's a cool fucking. Going back to Ashton, I want to go back to Ashton Rouska. You know, he he. You know, he, he's, he's decide if he wants to do the showdown or IPF Worlds. You know, I, I wish I could talk to him. Like, dude, personally, if I were you, I'd go to IPF Worlds and I would at least do one. You know, after that, do whatever you want, man. I, I totally understand. But, like, I would go to IPF Worlds, especially in Sweden, dude. Like, you know, uh, I heard good things about it. And, you know, I went to fucking two shitty places like Colleen and fucking... <laughs> Belarus and Belarus was to me was fucking fun. I, I actually I thought it was more fun than than Colleen was, and uh, um, so and I've heard a lot of good things about Sweden. So it's like, dude, I, dude, like, and then you then after that go to the go do the other shit, you know? Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm clo- I'm close friends with him. I'll just tell him right now. I'll just message him. I'll just tell him. Dennis Cornelius yeah, said, dude, like, I, mean, I think he will, but it's like, I, I, yeah, like, like, yeah, definitely go, definitely go. I mean, and go to the bank, go, do, do, do all the shit, man. Like, do the whole, you know, do everything, you know, do it, go to the bank, you know, I hope he wins and gets to enjoy all that shit, dude, because it's, a, it's, it's, it's really is a different, it's a different experience, you know? Yeah. I got to experience it twice, and like I do not fucking regret it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was about to say, you know, since those technical difficulties we had at the beginning, we've been talking for two hours, so that's fucking good. It actually turned oh, into sure. the inter- interview I wanted it to, man. <laughs> cool. Where <laughs> we're just shooting the shit. It was perfect. I was like, oh man, this delay between us is brutal and we have to switch a bunch of formats here, but we got to shoot the shit for two hours, man. I'm happy. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on it. Fuck, I can't even talk. I'm on my third fucking screwdriver over here, so uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I bought a six-pack of Coors Light because I'm not in prep anymore, so we're good. Coors Light's good, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's summer. That's like my summer beer. Like, craft yeah, beers to me is overrated as shit. Like, actually, it's Budweiser, but I want Coors Light today. You know, 
you know what's funny is like I, I take you as a craft beer type of guy and like I should be a fucking I'm like from fucking Coit, Oklahoma uh, I'm a dumbass redneck from Bud Light or something but I love craft beer <laughs> dude I always say there's a there's a season for craft beers and it's just not the summer you know like I like craft beers or dark beers like in the winter and fall but fucking summer I can't do these craft beers like after a hot workout fucking go outside and I'm thirsty I want a Budweiser like it's it's colder it, they just the, the beer is colder. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's actually colder, but it tastes colder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, you got a point. I, mean, I don't give a fuck. I'm. It, it, you know, it, I I kind of used to be like that, but now I'm like I'm I'm like all kind of. I'm all about crap. Yeah. I, in the winter time, I drink. You know, I, drink, I tend to drink more stouts and porters and and that sort of thing. In the summertime, I drink more. Uh, uh, blondes, man, you know, lighter ales and stuff like that. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, I love fucking beer. Craft <laughs> beer. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I enjoy. I enjoy myself uh, some craft beer. But yeah, this is the season for me just to have my my just regular uh, piss water type of beers, so I can quench my thirst in the summer. <laughs> And I can I can just go through them too. Like I could finish a six pack of like Budweiser so goddamn quick, but craft beer I have to be like, ugh. Actually, you know what? LS McLean. I don't know. I I think people could tell uh, during during that uh, during that podcast. Me, LS McLean, uh, Ian Bell, uh, Ryan, who does uh, King of the Lifts, and a few other guys. We just did this like podcast this fucking like big podcast with like a bunch of people like involved in it and i it was so long i drank i i i had a uh, three floyd zombie dust and i drank all of them <laughs> during the fucking podcast and i looked back and i was like okay i was definitely slurring my words just a bit but that shit is so heavy those pale ales and fucking plowing a six pack through it <laughs> Dude, after I got up, I got up from it. I'm like, oh shit! Like this hits you a little different from just uh, fucking your Coors Lights. Like that shit will that shit will knock you on your ass. Yeah, dude. So I did it. I did. Yeah, I did. I did a podcast with Kim Lips, and I was fucking drinking. Like I, I think that was during about the winter time ish or early spring, and I was drinking some. I was drinking some stouts, and it was like ten point. Oh, it was it was. A, but it was a porter stout and it was fucking it was uh pretty intense <laughs> I don't did you ever listen to that fucking I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> no I ha- I have but like I don't know well shit I don't know like I don't know man like I, that people don't know like uh I, I guess uh for for a lot of two white lights I don't drink during it because like it's either I'm on prep or something I'm trying not to, but I was almost afraid to listen to the L.S. McLean podcast because I'm like, fuck, I was, like, towards the end of the night, like, I I, had, I think I uh, talked to my girlfriend, and I'm like, I'm fucking drunk. <laughs> like, I'm drunk right now. And I could, I could hear, I could hear myself talk to her, I'm like, oh, shit, was, that's how, was that how it was like on the podcast? That'll be bad. <laughs> and I was like, because it was like a two and a half hour long podcast that I did, and I was I was probably like four uh, zombie does deep into it, and yeah, like 
It's it, it, yeah, it definitely hits. I could pol- I could probably polish off a, a Budweiser or like a Coors Light pretty easily during a podcast and not feel too much. But those uh, those craft beers kind of hit different. Yeah, they're, they're fucking fun. <laughs> yeah, I, it, so I never listen to my fucking like this podcast. I won't listen to it. I never listen to them, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't either because I guess well, I have to listen to all the two white lights things too and that's that even for me is like kind of hard because i always like rethink of what i should have said and like how like ah oh, fuck you should ask this question like or you sounded your tone wasn't good in this this uh and and this this segment here and like i but i have to listen to every single part of my podcast because i have to edit all of it so like so it's almost yeah, every time yeah, i talk yeah. i'm like fuck i'm like i sounded so stupid just now but whatever yeah yeah i mean you know, I just, yeah, I, Keelan Lewis, I, you know, I, my problem is, is like, when I, when you ask me about this, I don't want to sound like a whiny motherfucker, I'm just, I, I want the sport to be fair, and I want it to be, I want to move forward with it, and, and I think all of us want to do that, you know, we all have the same goal, so it's like, you know, um, yeah, you know, guys from different weight classes are going to want different shit, so it's like, you know you gotta find a happy medium you know and i understand that yeah absolutely and and yeah and and like i don't want to fucking sound like a whiny little bitch about (laughs) shit (laughs) because i don't want to fucking take drugs dude (laughs) and and i feel like you know what i mean like i know that's a funny comment but like like i feel like that's the next step for me <laughs> i'm like no i want to make i want to make the, i want to make the drug test inside better so that i don't have to do that shit you know because yeah. trust me folks it's like you know i mean motherfucker you know there's a lot of people gonna lose their you know it's gonna be records are gonna be rewritten you know anyway yeah yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, two hours, 20 minutes, man. It was awesome having you on the podcast. Hopefully I can have you on again sometime. Um, yeah, man, this is a pleasure. And also, uh, whatever we see each other next, I don't know when that is, uh, I'll, I, I'll have to buy you a beer. Are you going to Sweden? No, I'm not good enough, man. Are you going to Sweden? <laughs> no. No. You fucking loser. <laughs> Sorry, I got third place. I got third in 83. Fucking, see, I got... I, see I, what I fucking mean, dude? Third <laughs> place doesn't mean shit. It's bullshit. Isn't that bullshit? Not really. Seriously, I don't deserve to be in Worlds, here. though. I don't deserve to be invited to Worlds. Dude, no, no. Bullshit, dude. Like, third place should fucking... Make, it should mean something. Yeah. That's a, dude, you, like, you stand out. Like, you did well. Yeah. I remember... Sure. I mean, I was. Fu- I mean, you know, I was fucking good. But like, I don't know. Like, I think it's just to like keep it simple. Like, invite the first place guys. Represent all the countries. Have America kick some ass. And fuck, you know. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I, I'll. I, I wouldn't feel right getting third and going to worlds. I would have to get at least second. No, 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 no. I understand, dude. Like, you gotta get. You have to at least get second. So you know, I get it. But like. Yep. But the thing is, like, 
you want you do mean something like if, if you got third and that that should mean something you know it's i don't know it's kind of kind of shitty you know but yeah. whatever yeah, it's all good. There will be more opportunities for me to do that. But, yeah, whenever we see each other again or pass cross, I'd probably got to get you a beer, right? <laughs> we got to at least share one. Sounds good to me, man. Yep. Yeah, so, sounds good to me, dude. All right, brother. Yeah, dude, I, I enjoyed this, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. This is a blast, man. I told you, once we get to shooting the shit, this is going to be a fucking, uh, this is going to be a good time. Yeah, once we got past the awkward stage, and <laughs> yeah, everything is... All the uh, goddamn audio. Actually, this is on me, too. We're getting donations for two white lights for me to, like, up my fucking uh, setup here, because all I'm doing is, like, talking into yeah, a no laptop. Yeah, no offense, dude, but... Yeah, no offense, but, like... Like, I was like, dude, shit, you need to, like, have that figured out if you're gonna, like, put on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it usually works. Like, Zoom usually works. Like, I was like today it was just laggy as shit. I was kind of like, man, I'm paranoid. Is this me or is this him? Like, this is him. He needs to get this figured out. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting those donations. So instead of just me talking to my laptop, we're actually going to figure it out. But the editing is going to edit out all the awkwardness. So it's it's actually me bringing it up. It's pointless. I'm just going to edit out every fucking awkward stage. And it's going to just sound like we're no, just you talking to, shit you for a while. You need to edit and like put like, "Hey, we're fucking awkward here," so like, <laughs> you know, make make it comedic, com- com- comical. <laughs> anyway, all right, brother. Well, <laughs> all right, thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. Hopefully, have you on again sometime. Uh, that was gonna do it for this episode of Two White Lights. We'll see you guys this week on Thursday. Peace.